Hello everyone and welcome back to the Long Play Club for Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. This oh shit. <laughs> snake Eater <coughs> Okay, sorry. Christian's eating too many snakes. Yeah, dude. Honestly. You got something in your throat? Yeah, you got a snake <laughs> in your throat. That was good. Uh, Thank you. I'm just gonna start again. <laughs> okay. Damn, I would have kept that cut. My joke is gone. I know. <laughs> yeah. oh, okay, you know what? Well, we can keep it. It's fine. Was, right. It was a good joke. It was a good joke. Let's go. Thank Let's you. Go. Um, we're keeping it just because of the joke. Uh, I'm the host, Christian Buckley. My code name is Scorpion. It is no longer that. Um, joining us this week, top left, we got Jack Martin, code name Elephant. I'm very sad that I will no longer have that code name because I got a new one. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's quite the opposite of an elephant, let me tell you. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So, looking to forward see. to letting you guys know what I what I what I got for my arduous work of of not killing a single soul in this game. Um, also worth noting, uh, I told Christian this. I went and beat this game like we all did, and then I went back and I fucking platinum to this game. Damn! I got the platinum what a king. this. What a king! Congratulations! And it's the easiest Metal Gear Solid platinum. Let me tell you, and it's it's a pretty decent platinum. All right. Well, very, very interesting. That's kind of tempting, honestly. Um, yeah. Joining us as well, Omar Nakvi, codenamed Jaguar. Hey. How you doing? Uh, good. I'm still a Jaguar, uh, not the spoil, but mm-hmm. I'm proud. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, running at the Long Play Club, we also have Kevin Diaz, codenamed Jaguar as well. Guys, we, we got the meme status. We have a new uh, codename. No spoilers. Got a new codename as well. Uh, MGS3, yeah, interesting and interesting discussion we're going to talk about here for sure, you know, definitely. So, I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about it. Me too. So, this is part four of Snake Gear, the final week. The next time you see us gathering together, we will be discussing Act 1 of Guns of the Patriots. But, picking up where we left off last week, we fought the end. I think almost immediately we pick up and then we just go into the... Or we have to navigate back down... Or no, wait. We go up the mountain, right? Because we have to do the ladder. Ladder's first. Yeah. 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 Which I remembered being after a different uh, boss. But apparently right after the end. uh, That that was totally... I forgot that. Yeah. So after the end uh, dies, his poison ivy powers kick in. Or actually they die off. And then the, uh, the tunnel opens up and... Immediately in the tunnel, there's a corridor, there's a ladder. Uh, you climb this ladder, and Kevin, tell me what it was like climbing this ladder. It was one, like, it's so subtle, it's so small, but it's one of, if not my favorite moment in the entire Metal Gear series as up to this point. It is something that, Dude, I love it. Like so so it's uh it's just the vocals, mm-hmm. a cappella, if you will, of Snake Eater, the song. And it is beautiful. Like it is it is a really good moment in this game. Like like and it's it is wild because like it's really not a big deal. Like you you're just going up a ladder, hear some vocals. But no, like it's I don't know, like I just feel like it's set a tone of like, hey, like this shit is gonna get real. Like, like it felt like the game really started at that point. To be honest, like, like, like for me, and that's kind of wild because that was not like episode three or four, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, four. Yeah, four. Uh, but yeah, that's 
that's where the game really started for me, you know? And I feel like this game ends really, really strong, but I think it's still kind of bogged down by a lot of different things, you know? But yeah, this is the start of a really good, a really good section. Yeah. I mean, it's the theme song, right? So it's hitting, you know, presumably where it all starts because you're right. The rest of this game is really good. And then everything else so far has just been the way we've been talking about it. But, um, I'm glad to hear you didn't hate this because this is one of those Metal Gear things that people talk about all the time of like, oh, the series and they're like the Psycho Mantis fight and that part in Snake Eater where you climb the ladder and it's really long. Uh, Omar, you have a hit or miss appreciation, I feel like, for some of the, those big moments for Metal Gear. Oh. What do you think of the ladder? Well, I think last week I said uh, this week has one of my favorite set pieces in Metal Gear. It's the ladder. Hell it was yeah. the ladder. Mm. Yeah, I love that shit so much. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. So good. I don't I don't think I understand. Wait, were you saying like people don't like this ladder? People section? don't like the ladder. Uh, they think it's too long or they just think it's kind of like a throwaway whatever thing. I don't know. I really don't understand the Metal Gear fan base, guys. Like the way some people are calling this game the best Metal Gear. Spoiler alerts. I'm it's not sure where they're coming from with that. I don't understand that. How do you hate the ladder? It It's great yeah. because they use what is so amazing about... One of the best parts of Metal Gear Solid 3, the theme song. Mm-hmm. They You've already... When you booted up the game, you heard it once. Uh, probably, unless you skip that. Um, in part one, after the Virtuous Mission, you heard that. And then they bring it back. Like what Kevin said, they strip it down. And they use it in such an interesting way of making such like a monotonous activity of climbing the world's largest ladder um, and putting that in there and surprising players in like the best possible way because every time you'll jump into it, you know it's if you played it before, you know it's coming, mm-hmm. but you don't know when it starts and then it fucking hits and it hits hard. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, I went back and I replayed it um, for the Platinum trophy and I noticed that they time it in such a way that as soon as you exit that ladder, it ends, like, properly ends. Like, you get, like, the uh, the final, like, snake eater. And it's like, oh, man. They, that, I think that is, like, one of the most precise, beautiful moments in a video game that I've played. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's incredible. And I like, I like the way that Kevin described it, where it's, like, it feels like the game really started picking, picking up at that point. Because immediately after I personally really loved the that section of of uh, open world. I know we discussed like not enjoying some of the environments, but I really liked the mountaintop right after the uh, the ladder. Yeah. Dude, I sucked so much shit at that mountaintop. I kept getting <laughs> wasted on that thing. I don't know. It's like the the don't those guys bring out RPGs and or maybe you didn't get caught. I kept getting caught in RPGs and. And helicopters kept coming after me. It was straight up a GTA mission at some point. <laughs> like I don't know what was going on, but it looked. Did gorgeous. you have the uh, the animal camo? No, was I had the thing? animal camo, which made me look like a tiger, and I just crawled around the whole time. Did Damn. you ever get caught? Nope. Damn Fuck. savage. Because I my my camo was at like ninety five percent, so oh, I was wow, literally like crap. crawling next to guards. So that was nice. Damn, yeah, I don't even know if my camo was ever that good. I feel like the highest I got was like an 80. Because I didn't have the animal camo here, but I did have a uh, chocolate chip. I think I got that from the... I got it from the uh, 
the lab uh, with um the, the the lab from last week. I forget the name of it. Granin. Granin's lab, right? Yes. Um, we I it was on like a balcony, so I did a bunch of exploration of that base, and I got the chocolate chip stuff, and uh, that was my most effective thing. And I still at like seventy percent for the the mountaintop, but um. Yeah, this was like half sneak and then half just blitzing up the mountain. Like, it, it was tough. It, I felt like it, there wasn't a simple, straightforward way for you to not get caught at least once. Are you guys telling me you didn't get on those turrets and shoot down helicopters? No, I ran. <laughs> you <laughs> no, you shot down helicopters. Oh, snap. <laughs> okay. Uh, Any, wait, anytime so the... a helicopter would show up, I would just like hit the dirt and just lay, lay there for it to pass. Dude, I killed like eight of them on that thing. <laughs> This is nuts. Wow. wow. I didn't realize that the helicopters were were even attacking you. Straight up. Like, I, I, I never got shot or anything from the helicopter, at least, as far as I'm aware. Um, oh, I thought they were just kind of like recon helicopters, just, you know, passing by. I don't know. I didn't realize that uh, those were enemies. Well, like, I knew they were enemies, but, like, enemies that would actually attack you, you know? Right. Yeah. But... Interesting. Yeah, any other difficulties getting up? Like, Omar, was it a big firefight for you the whole time, or how? Was yeah, that? I was constantly in the in the alert state, <laughs> just going <laughs> around. Just, just I don't know. No. I killed some birds. That was cool, and uh, oh, it was just really a struggle, especially because like Pyro guys come out at some point too, right? Did you guys see Pyro yeah. guys? I got Pyro yeah. guys on my way back outside same okay okay yeah, Maybe that's what yeah that was after the eva cutscene all right all right yeah but um yeah it it is a good environment i think maybe just because it makes sense like the jungle i feel like we all had our issues with because the jungle feels like it's not a jungle and it's just like the stuff that they're doing to make it feel like a jungle is taking away from the design of it here it's like i mean it's a corridor right like you could have this could have been the interior of a building from like two or one but it's just an outdoor mountain side you know so like i think on that level that's why for me it just clicked better and i had a good time in this environment um and honestly i probably would have liked it if it was more uh, mountain sneaking than jungle sneaking that that's what i liked about it because it like what you said it felt very narrow mm -hmm. and there wasn't there weren't many places you could go there was kind of just it's just you know brush through it um and yeah, if you have the right camo, or if you have like good enough camo, it, it helped a lot. We just crawling on the ground basically, um, and it was. I think it's the most different from what we've seen before because we were just essentially in kind of boring woodland environments that didn't really have anything unique to them. But I think this one kind of stands out, and it, it makes you play the game differently when like seeing the helicopters just sitting down for a little bit and then keep going, and you basically have to attack guards at some point because they're like on that like sort of narrow um cliff area and uh yeah i like that i, I think this is a uh, one of the standout sections for in terms of like the more open environments of the game something i loved about it too was that if you killed uh soldiers here uh almost immediately like vultures would show up and just start eating their bodies i don't know if anybody else had that but no, I was tranking them like a civilized person. What yeah, the fuck? Same. Yeah, I don't. I remember seeing a big bird. And I was like, damn, that's a big ass bird. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know if they were like picking at the at the bodies that weren't dead because I didn't kill nobody either. Yeah, mm -hmm. I just used the um the old easy gun guy. Like, listen, yo, the easy gun might be you know 
it might be my favorite weapon. I, like I don't know, you know, it's it's pretty efficient. I tell I'll, you guys, you know. I'll tell you what, I popped in on very easy to do the platinum run, and that easy gun is so much fun. It <laughs> you is a laser guided yeah. trank gun that has it like, is infinite ammo. It is a delight. Shoot someone in the toe and they're gone. <laughs> they're gone. just knocked out for the rest of the game. It's amazing. I love yep. the easy gun. It Facts. it does it does like lessen the game in a certain yes. respect, but just to get through <laughs> the game and play it, it's really fun because you're just you're just tranking fools left and right, and uh, mm -hmm. it's a delight. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a it, it's cool that's that's in there. I'm surprised because I don't think I had the I don't think I had that. I'm playing on easy, but that must be very easy only yeah but interesting um so we get up this mountain uh we are met by eva uh changing because of course and she gives us food <laughs> i just thought this was funny she was like it's a well-balanced meal for the space age it's fucking ramen it's ramen noodles <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. instant ramen <laughs> i was like okay sure <laughs> oh man oh were we gonna say something uh they looked really good. Some good-looking ramen. No, yeah, it, uh, it looked good, for sure. Rest in peace to the Nongshim CEO who died this week. Oh, damn. Uh, oh, for real? Man made many well-balanced uh, meals and products. Mm -hmm. R.I.P. to the homie. Yeah. Uh, what was I going to say? I don't know. Uh, was Eva being horny here again? Yeah. Again. Wait. Was yeah, the camera? So ever. Yeah. She was no. like... This is the scene where she was like, I bet if I kiss you, you'd taste like a beast or something like that. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Yeah. This is yeah. gnarly. Uh, <laughs> the, I don't know. The wildest line is in the cave, which we'll, we'll definitely get to. Yeah, that line was... <laughs> the Austin Powers section. Yeah. That's... <laughs> yes, Jack! <laughs> I, I, that's... Okay, we'll get there when we get there, but yeah. oh my god. Uh, <laughs> this, game is, this game is just a... Uh, yeah, we'll get there when we get there, but yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, um, something. So we also hear this is where we like get the lowdown on uh, not riding, riding the military officer, and mm -hmm. um, we also. I, I thought this was funny again. Naked Snake being a jackass. He was like, Eva said that she put uh, some escape thing in place, right? And he's like, I can't fly that, and she's like. Oh no! I'm gonna be. I, I I can fly. I'm a great pilot. And he's like, I don't know about that. Like, are you sure you can fly? Like, it's really hard. It's <laughs> like this fucking guy. Like, <laughs> oh man, he can't like, fly, and then he's criticizing her. I, I was like, okay, snake. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um. Was there any other takeaways from this? Because this is where we just get our next objective. We uh, see the weapons factory in the distance, and we have to head back down to the underground passage. Uh, there's like a small cutscene of Vulcan and all the bad guys uh, mm. grouped in one. Granin's dead after Vulcan's like, I think he was the spy. Um, Dude, Granin dies awesomely. Yeah. I might just add, like he's in a barrel and Vulcan keeps tossing him up or exploding him and he keeps coming towards the screen. I don't know. He's getting yeah. tossed around. It's awesome. It's Can someone violent, explain yeah. the... Does he keep bullets in his knuckles? Mm -hmm. Grant, or, um, Vulcan and then like electrifies them and so, punches people? I think the way I've been viewing it is that he has the bullets between his knuckles so that when he punches something with the electricity, it acts like the the hairpin of like a, a gun, so it like Gotcha. At the punch impact, it fires a bullet as well. I think okay. that's what he does. Yeah. He's just extra as hell. 
Yeah, yeah, can't that's he just be Electro. <laughs> just cute <laughs> people. Um, this is also the scene where I think the boss uh, says, "I'm gonna find that Davy Crockett." Uh, yes, referring to Snake as an American, I guess. Just I don't know. Just some of the line readings. This is they kind of come off as funny to me. Uh, uh, this scene is also the first name drop of the Philosopher's Legacy. We get, mm-hmm. we introduce that concept here, um, and for Jack and Omar, I I'm returning to this game. Right, I completely forgot that that was a thing that we dealt with in this game. I don't know if you guys Retweet. forgot about it, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I... yeah. <laughs> I I think there's a lot of stuff in this game. Um, it's it's like a weird reference to past Metal Gear games where you would expect things like this to be important, mm-hmm. and they're really not. Um, it it's kind of like a, a strange like twist of an homage to previous Metal Gear stuff, and yeah, um, I don't recall the Philosopher's Legacy all that much. I'm not sure if it really even has all that much impact in the greater Metal Gear story. Um, grant given that I forgot that, mm-hmm. and having played through all the Metal Gear games, so yeah, I don't know. But yeah, it's strange. Later, not too much later, but uh, Vulcan is like, oh, you mean the. 100 billion dollars split between uh, hidden across the earth by the three global powers and it's like okay sure <laughs> like somebody it, wants that i'm sure but like not us it seems very boring yeah uh, to me yeah and yeah. i i think jack what you were saying reminds me of something omar brought up a couple i think either last episode or the week before but like just this game following the motions of the metal gear template specifically i guess with the bosses but like not doing anything with it just like doing it to do it it's so yeah very much the philosopher's legacy i was like well first i was like okay philosophers there's the patriots there's philanthropy there's all these p phs things i was like it's one of the them sorcerers yeah <laughs> but uh yeah in uh in britain it was reversed it was actually the uh, sorcerer's <laughs> legacy yeah <laughs> um so Kevin, hearing them introduce yes. this concept, uh, like you're saying, you 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 climbed the ladder. You thought like, oh, the game's really about to hit, and then you get this new MacGuffin. I guess they throw at you. Like, what do you think of the Philosopher's Legacy when you hear it? Like they said, essentially, what I'm pretty sure it is, and that's it. Like just just the the abundance of money from uh, the what was it? U.S., China, and I think the USSR against the Axis powers, I think, or or, or something like that, right? So I thought there was going to be more to it, but I think it ends up being literally just that, you know? So it's like, I don't know, it's pretty boring, I guess, but... Yeah, it's just money. It is what it is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Quick fact check, I believe Granin introduced the Philosopher's Legacy um, when we played through last week, but I think it was just like a name drop like okay yeah the philosopher's legacy and that was it right Thank you. um so it's such a cool name if i might say i think oh, it's yeah. a like, cool name for a just a bunch of money <laughs> yeah like, I, yeah like i i feel like they introduced that and you think back to like oh like something like fox die or something like uh gw like all these cool names for like these really interesting you know sci-fi military like gimmicks i guess for the series and then it's they introduce this cool one that has a great name and it's like 
It's a hundred billion dollars. Okay. What good is that going to do you? You know, like you have a fucking tank that can launch a missile anywhere. <laughs> like, how? Wh what's the benefit of a hundred billion? You know, but yeah. Um. So after that, that sort of is the the trigger for, I guess, the end objectives of the game, right? Like we see that we get our final mission of, hey, infiltrate the base, find Sokolov. Obviously, it goes wrong, and then we get the final stretch. So. Was there anything on the way to the Fury that stood out to anybody? I was doing a lot of stealth. I don't know if anybody else was struggling or getting caught, but... Um, you mostly replay the section prior where you're, like, going up through, like, the trenches. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, like what Omar said, there's the flame troopers now, which I was very terrified of, but I'm pretty sure they just take a trank like any other guard does, but they look real scary. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah, they do. Heck yeah, Jack. They definitely just take a train and they're all good. Trust. Yeah. Definitely. I, did it take you guys a long time to get through there, though? Because I just, like, hugged the wall and dropped down and I was at the door immediately. Yeah. Same. So. Yeah, I locked into it, I feel mm -hmm. like. Well, we have our next member of Gru, one of the Cobras, the Fury. Uh, I don't know how you all feel. But this, I think, is my favorite of the Cobras. Dude, yes. yeah, all right. Yes. He's cool as fuck. Yeah. He's cool as fuck. He's he cool. came I... from space. Yeah, dude. Like, yeah. So cool. He yeah. actually so has a cool. cool backstory, unlike any of the other yeah. uh, villains we face. That's it, yeah, amazing. Good performance, too. I, I know that's Richard Doyle. He shows up again in Miller Solid 4. Not that character, I'm sorry, but like the voice actor again. Mm -hmm. but, oh, uh, I know who he plays. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, very excited. But yeah. Just the the concept of that guy just saying he's from space was so sick to me. Um, yeah, and in adding all the, like, yeah, he's a he was a cosmonaut and saying that he came down from space and saw a world on fire. Yeah, um, yeah. and like, what a great line! And then the imagery of like a you know an actual like shuttle coming down and like it flaming on the outsides and uh, adding in the the like mission control lines you can hear in the background. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, I think they nailed the Fury. The Fury is a Metal Gear Solid ass boss, unlike yeah. most of the unlike most of the other uh, Cobras in this. Yeah, and I think what's frustrating, or like, cause I loved it, but seeing him and like fighting him, I was like, man, all of them could have been like this. Because I think the thing that works so well for me here, and what I hate about the other ones, is that the other ones feel like you could slap them into one of the like the future timeline games and it will be like if you gave him a backstory it's like okay this all makes sense this is science and all that but this dude is rooted in this era you know like he is cold war space exploration man on the moon all that stuff like i feel like Gru could have been so much cooler if they really went in on the era and committed to it because like this guy doesn't have wild powers or anything super complex or things that we've seen already in the future because of new technology like he's wearing a jetpack and he's got a flamethrower and he's kind of insane like that's awesome and he just loves space like i feel like we could have done so much more with that stuff with like stuff of the 60s some guy that's like i don't know obsessed with jfk like make someone who's like relevant to the time that doesn't feel like they could be anywhere else because that's the beginning of this game has a big identity problem i think yeah, it's it's weird. Like when you, because 
when I did this boss fight, I was I had the same thoughts. Like, like why weren't they all like this? Like, mm-hmm. it, it just feels like it feels like the beginning of the game almost like was just supposed to be a survival game mm-hmm. full through and through, right? And they just threw in these random bosses that all you had to do is just shower them with bullets and like you're done, you know. As opposed to this boss fight where uh, there's a little bit of strategy here, you know. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's terms of hey, like when Woody's counting down, he's gonna take off, you know, like like stuff like that. Like it's it was a it was it was not the most complex boss fight, but mm-hmm. I thought it was a lot of fun and uh, definitely was a lot more strategy in there than the previous boss fights, you know. Do you think this is Kojima's first Luden? No, Omar, I wrote down in my notes oh, Death Stranding oh. vibes from the Fury. <laughs> cool. It like good point. It, yeah. I just uh, I mean, I think it's a cool fight too cuz you know, uh we I think all of the games so far have a boss with a projectile in a corridor environment, right? Like there's Raven um to I guess Fat Man kind of, but the projectile is him. Um, so again, it's like filling a role, but it, it fits to what they're doing or what the game tries to be doing to find its own identity. Um, and I appreciate it because like Kevin said, there is some sort of strategy to it to the point where, um, I was just trying to hide from him a lot. And when he was like getting frustrated, I just threw grenades at him and <laughs> he has a great delivery. He's like, uh, son of a bitch. Like he a grenade on it. It was so funny. <laughs> so it, good. it reminded me a lot of the uh, Vulcan Raven fight mm-hmm. because I think a lot, most of the Metal Gear fights are, hey, you're seen. You can't really be sneaking, even though the rest of the game is all about not being seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're sort of trapped in like a, a high alert state, state, and like having to face off one on one versus the uh, the boss. But with this one and in the Vulcan Raven fight from Metal Gear Solid One you're sort of, like, hiding away and attacking at, like, opportune moments and then sneaking back into the shadows, so... Um, I think this one sort of stands out against the rest of the Metal Gear Solid fights, but I think it fits in very well, having a very compelling villain that we don't really get too much about, but we get just enough to be, like, this is a really interesting character, and I'd like to know more about his backstory before just fucking wasting this dude. But, uh, yeah, I think I think the uh, the set piece... Of the Fury fight was uh, was pretty incredible, and the Fury in the end I think are uh, easily the the two best uh, Cobras in this game. I would agree. Um, Omar, any other things you want to get in about the Fury before we move on? Uh, all I remember is I think the music was really good too. Like that scene is uh, it's definitely got horror vibes. I feel like for a lot of it. Yeah. But. Yeah, he reminds me of. Just like the, especially when like the, the helmet broke off and you just see like his face is all burnt, like beneath his mm. his mask. Yeah, very cool. Uh, so after the boss fight, best boss fight so far, IMO, we get to Groznagrad. Is that how you pronounce it? I'm forgetting. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think it's Groznagrad. Um, at this point, my suppressors are all gone, so I'm running through this entire base <laughs> with just a fucking knife. I, oh, no. <laughs> uh, I, I kind of struggled maneuvering around here. I called Major a couple times to get some semblance. I kind of forgot that the map gave you a waypoint sometimes, but 
I ended up stumbling into the uh, entrance to the sewers in the like northwest, I think, when it, I was, mm-hmm. we were supposed to go to the northeast. But uh, Omar, how did you fare getting through Grad on your way to the uh, the lab? Uh, I think just fine. There was a spotlight somewhere mm-hmm. that I knew to dodge, but otherwise it was a lot less bad than I was expecting. Uh, yeah, Hunter, how'd you guys do? I remembered this being way more difficult than it ended up being. Because, and especially like the game sort of leading you up to this, it's like, this is, I think someone even says it like, hey, this is bigger than any other base that you've been in so far. Uh, so the shit is about to hit the fan. And getting there, there's only like three to four guards per section. Um, which isn't that all that different from what we've seen before in like the woodland and jungle environments. So, um, yeah, it it wasn't too too difficult. Um, I found it was I could mostly like put on some good camo, go prone, and then crawl. Um, and the guards would be far away enough that they wouldn't spot me. So um, sometimes I would take guards out. Sometimes I wouldn't. So it all it all depended. But yeah, it wasn't wasn't as difficult as I remembered when i first played this game yeah the only i mean this is this is the section where you gotta get um the uh raiden lookalike or which we gotta talk about that like what who i'm sorry yeah that we're gonna need to spend time on uh but i had a little bit of trouble figuring out which one was him i was forgetting the hair i was being dumb um and also, like how to get his clothes, that that too. So that's like a little bit to figure out. Mm-hmm. Um, but the actual like base, I felt like was the was the first time like this game like felt a little bit more like a classic Metal Gear. Mm-hmm. You know, as opposed, I mean, just uh, with one and two in mind in terms of um, you know, just just especially MGS two having a bigger just place where you're gonna do a bunch of different things in this area. You know, like I, I, I definitely enjoyed this section, but uh, but yeah. Also, this was where I got Kaya one time, and Jack I think was saying last week that the timers for like the alarm and for caution mm-hmm. are like so so long. It's like God damn, yo, <laughs> like sheesh. It's 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 probably like a solid like three minutes, and that doesn't sound like a lot, but in game when you're waiting doing nothing for yeah. three minutes straight like it, it it definitely feels like a lot for sure yeah the the caution one which is like right after the alert stage is i think 90 seconds and then plus the alert state yeah it it's very very long i feel like yeah. that was this game's way of being like all right we're third person now like we're straight up third person action and you can you have more independence and agency to take guards out so if you get caught you're fucked <laughs> like mm-hmm. i think yeah. that was that game like sort of um, introducing something that's easy for players to sort of uh, compensate for the lack of difficulty in in that regard, which is fucking annoying, in yeah. my opinion. <laughs> yeah. So, Kevin, I'm glad you're bringing up the the process of figuring out how to get the dudes closed because I got into the lab right, and I threw the uh, scientist coat back on just because I wanted mm-hmm. to see the work, and it, it did, but. Mm-hmm. Almost immediately to my left, I was like looking around. I popped into the library, 
and I was like, okay, the scientist in there. I left, and then I saw his name Rykov. Is that what it is? Rydenovich, right? Or it's like Rydenov. Yeah, like some Ryden's definitely the beginning of the last name. I forgot the rest of it. I thought it was Rykov. Yeah, I, I thought it was Rykov. Is it okay? Oh, okay. So I, I see Rykov, and he's coming into the library, <laughs> right? So I was like, oh, dope. And then I he, I let, he walked into the library, went to a corner. I used the cigarette smoke on one of the scientists that I used it on him. I picked him up. Nothing happened. And I was like, what? <laughs> and then I looked it up, and I had to apparently bring him into a locker on the second floor. So after that, yeah. I went around the entire building <laughs> and cigarette smoked everybody and then dragged the dude upstairs into the corner, into the locker. Savage. Uh, you need a gas mask by the end of this. Yeah, honestly. Place just <laughs> it, full of that. it was funny, too, because you know there's that room with all the scientists in it? Mm-hmm. I was in there under one of the tables as Snake in the scientist's <laughs> outfit, just like blowing smoke at their feet. Savage. And um, my toes feel a little tingly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I thought it was very funny because like, if you were under there and you did it, like, it wouldn't reach sometimes, and Snake would just start coughing because like it's like trapping in there and it's like affecting him because he's like choking on it. But damn, yeah, I. I first thought that I could get to the area that we were going to using the Raiden mask and the scientist coat. Mm-hmm. That did not work, gentlemen. That that was a no go, a no go at all. Which I figured that would kind of would probably work, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I look like Raiden. Maybe I want to wear a science suit today. I don't know. You know, maybe it was dressed up like a scientist day at work. You know, but it was definitely not. But we 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 got it there definitely. This was the first time we go into this base, right? Yes. But eventually we go into the second. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, uh, I did fact check it. If you want to know, you hear the name. Let's hear it. Yes. All please. right. Who Who is right? Does anyone want to bet? I bet we right. were right, Omar. You think so? I'll be cocky. Right. Yeah, I bet. I think Christian right. was right. I, all right. Honestly, probably Christian, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bet on myself, Omar. All and, right. Well, listen to this. Ivan... Rydenovich Rykov. Let's go. Wait, no, is Rydenovich's right. middle name? Wait, you're yeah, Rydenovich's right. middle name. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. Rydenovich. Yeah. Actually, okay. so I'm not a hundred percent on this, but I remember hearing somebody talk about this before. Um, we get into the like the whole like Eva having a thing with Volgan later. I'm pretty sure Volgan also has a thing with Ivan. And that's, yeah. yeah, that's why he touches his balls. Yes, and he's mm-hmm. like, "You're not him." Yeah, uh, that was, uh, a throwback is... to Metal Gear Solid too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, yeah. Some really bad stuff with in terms of sexuality in this game. Just let's make the bad guy gay. Yeah, because yeah, uh, and yeah, they there's a lot of stuff with, in terms of representation that's just completely awful in this game, um, as we already know. But that's one of those. I honestly didn't take that as him being gay. I thought he was just really familiar with like his people's balls. <laughs> but that makes that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. you guys are right. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure I've heard other people talk in the past about Vulcan being gay, and I was like, I didn't know, yeah. or uh, maybe like bi or something, because I think he also has his thing with um, Eva. But yeah, because it's like there's the scene. I forget if it's in the cave or if it's in the cabin. But when Snake is talking about Eva's scars and she's talking about Vulcan doing it to her. After the fact, I was like, oh, I wonder if on uh, Ivan's body, after you take the 
thing off if there's also scars there. Oh, there's scars? Right. I don't think so. I didn't check because I didn't think about that beforehand, but... Yeah. I'm not going to waste anything. I... When you go back through that area the second time, I tried to find Ivan's body, but I don't think I found it. I think I, I tried to see if like, like he was in the locker. Oh, is it locked? Can access it. Yeah. Gotcha. That makes sense. That makes sense. Did anybody uh, call Major after suiting up it with the uh, the general outfit and the mask? No, I did not. No? Did he say anything? Oh, he said was something. It? What did he um, say? I'm. Remember last week we talked about if this game's a secret fu from Kojima to all the people that hate it too. Yeah, right. yeah. I think this might be so. Uh, Major said, uh, "This this guy is working. The disguise is working. I'm already annoyed with you." And then Snake says, <laughs> "Why? This should make me more popular." <laughs> so, I, I think I I really do believe this isn't a fuck you for Metal Gear Solid Two. I I feel like it's him going, "No, guys, I went too far. You're right." Mm-hmm. And he's agreeing with us, or with the with the community at the time. I mean, that's kind of how I'm feeling. I bet you're right. I think it's fun to look at it the other way, but you're probably right. Yeah. So there's a lot of like mea culpas of being like, "Hey, I know this is a fucking reference to this, <laughs> like James Bond or Austin Powers, or apparently with this." And I think he just puts it out there to just say, "I know that's what's happening. Just go with it." Mm-hmm. Doesn't work in the end for me personally, but I think that was probably the rationale. Is there is there a tangible connection with uh, this Raiden and Raiden Raiden? I, like, I is, doubt it. Is really? It's I, just that's it, guys. Like, no, no I bet no. you there has to be because with the way Kojima explains everything for no reason, there must be a reason for it. Like, I mean, later we, on, I'm sure we have a precedent of you know now we know Big Boss looking like Solid Snake because of you know that whole. That whole thing, you know, um, could Raiden be like another country's version? I don't. Oh, boy. you know, there's, there's. You, you think I, Raiden is a Leon Fontarib of Russia? No, something. Right? I think like, Christian stepped on a, a landmine. I just found something. Uh-oh. So this isn't this isn't an answer, but uh, Raidenovich in Russian translates to son of Raiden. But then that doesn't even make sense. No. <laughs> so even at that point, sense. I think it's a, I think it's a joke. Then, at, yeah, because there's no uh, way that it's there's no time travel. Yeah. <laughs> this is not you. You have to consider that this man made a whole game to explain why this guy is called Big Boss. Mm-hmm. There has to be a reason for this, <laughs> or like later on, he will explain it. I don't know if this is like investigation worthy stuff, but I'll I'll keep it in mind. I'll okay. I'll keep it. I'll keep it in the tuck, if you will, if we uh, ever get a true answer, you know. All right, fair enough. So after this, uh, I believe this is on our way out. We get captured, right? Uh, yeah, after being groped. Whoa! Right. So <laughs> <laughs> I love how much alarms. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> this... Three o'clock gotta wake up. <laughs> this three p.m. <laughs> Look, three o'clock was the original scheduled time for these. <laughs> Let's go. Uh oh, sorry. No, first we find Sokolov. We find Sokolov. Uh, Eve is talking to him, getting the film reel from him here. 
uh, Jack is correct. We get uh, groped. And it, I, I thought Sokolov, there was a funny moment with him. He just like looked up in the sky. He's like, to be honest with you, I'm tired. I was like, dude, I get it. But, yeah, I thought the Sokolov moment was great, actually, though. Yeah. Like, um, he was ready to go. We're just, uh, again, that conversation about uh, us scientists, we keep getting used and it sucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I found that really interesting because i mean he's definitely not wrong like and you can even look at it from like a snake perspective like being a cia operative like Mm -hmm. i don't know like like, there's there's definitely like something that i've personally never thought about like right like it's not like our physical like u.s government took us to the moon it's it's the thousands of scientists the thousands of engineers or whatever that are working you know towards the will of the government which I thought was pretty interesting in itself, honestly. I, th- yep. I thought it was a pretty cool concept. Yeah. Was this where like they go into like um, how all their research stuff gets manipulated for like politics and stuff? Yeah. Rather than yeah. like, yeah, I thought that was fun. Or like, I was like, yeah, Sokolov, I feel free. He's a, I think he's a good character, honestly. Good guy. I think I like Sokolov a lot. Me too. He he was essentially saying like wait, along the lines of what you were saying, Omar, of he wanted to be like a rocket scientist. And they basically turned him into, like, a missile creator. And, like, he wanted to be used to help further, like, the, uh, like, all the space exploration, but was used, his, like, technology was used for, like, weapons of mass destruction. So, yeah, I think that that was really um, interesting part for Sokolov. Uh, I noticed in, on one of, like, the whiteboards, or maybe blackboards, there was the numbers, one the number 144.75 which we see later mm-hmm. and I, I wrote that down because i was like that might come in handy same i also wrote it down i was like you know uh, what just in case just in case you never uh, know yeah wait wait was this in the torture sequence or this was before because okay the, the torture sequence that never comes up again right all right but that's yeah, why i first saw it, it before mm-hmm. i see i see that's it cool. wasn't like it was like behind him um, it was in very a, much in the background weird yeah, and you didn't have the R one. Weird. Or no? Was it... No. Oh, okay. Damn. It just oh. looked very suspicious, and I was like, "That's probably yeah. something." That's Man, probably think something. the think the boss wrote that there or something? If that's like physically written, because when I saw it, it was the sorrow, right? Yeah, yeah I, saw, I saw the sorrow also. Yeah. Yeah. The boss must have written that. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, that's nice. Um, or maybe Eva, because she was just in that room, right? Oh, yeah. true. But she knows. Oh, she's working with the boss. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, very good scene. Snake gets caught, beat up. Then we get dragged into the torture sequence where it is revealed that this is not Naked Snake, this is Liquid Snake, because we got another peer on our hands. I was Jesus like, wait, Christ, what? <laughs> I'm like, wait, did I miss something huge? <laughs> I was like, excuse me? <laughs> oh, man. I... I I really liked how they they kept the screen black because he had a bag over his head for like a, a a considerably long time. I felt like like I felt like that that that's like one of like the little things that I think worked a lot in its favor of like really t- kind of putting you in the perspective of Snake in that point. You know, I liked it. I liked it. Yeah, I felt like it was like close to a minute because you know we yeah and we hear Sokolov die off screen right like yeah mm-hmm. hits. So, Jack, what do you think of this entire sequence? Because there's a lot that's dropped here. Um, 
but at the same time it feels like there's not too much progression outside of this is how big boss gets eye patch right like <laughs> that's kind of what it feels like in the end yeah they like every metal gear solid game so far has a torture sequence mm-hmm. and here we are in the third one having the the torture sequence um so yeah honestly we get some the thing for like for me to take away from this is yeah uh snake sacrifices his eye uh boss has some hesitancy in trying to take his eye and ends up not doing it uh because of sheer luck and then um you could tell like the boss is telling you to run uh you see what turns out to be the sorrow in the background holding up a sign with a codec number behind the boss Mm -hmm. um so yeah you get the sense that the boss is not not all in on her mission of or her her goal is sort of defending herself and killing snake so that's pretty much the takeaway honestly yeah um another thing i'll add on uh omar i'm curious to see how you feel about this knowing your track record with this game uh this is how ocelot became a fan of torturing people <laughs> he, he, yeah at the end he's like this awoken this is i i know how this is gonna work now and that's why he tortures you in metal gear solid one <laughs> Honestly, I didn't even notice that. That sucks so I'm, bad. I'm sorry I brought that to your attention. <laughs> no, it's all right. It's all right. Uh, I, I still am of the opinion that, like, look, Metal Gear Solid 2 uh, referenced all of this and how it was crazy that they did it again. And then 3 is just doing it again, but with no cool, like, fourth wall reference or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like this game falls into the trap that a lot of prequel prequels do, where it's like, Hey, this will be cool if we did this, and then they end up doing that, like with the president scene and the dude being like, "We could use some guy for our sneaking missions." And oh my like, god, it, yeah. there's a lot of I, I don't want to say Marvel because I think Marvel does the MCU does it in good ways, but the the very cheesy uh, nods to things that in this universe we would get to and we know it's coming, and it's just like cheap, bad fan servicey that is just one line. Mm-hmm. And it's very heavy-handed. It's just like ugh, I didn't need that. Like I, I know where we're going. You don't need to hold my hand and take me there. It's there. There's just a lot in this game that's like that, unfortunately. Yeah. And- could, could one of you Star Wars boys uh, tell me how Han Solo got his name again? How did that <laughs> happen? <laughs> exactly. I can't. I can't. Would you like me to? Uh, oh, I can't remember how it went. Oh, really? what, uh, what was it like? I remember awful. being dumb. He was. Yeah. He, it's he was. Awful. He was trying to go into Imperial, the Flight Academy, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, the dude's like, what's your name? And then he's like, Han. And he's like, no last name? He's like, no. He's like, well, you're alone, so Han Solo. Shit. Yeah. And audiences <laughs> cried. <laughs> it was an awful like, movie. No, it's not awful. Stop it's it, awful. No, Solo's good. Jack, stop but it. Solo's good. Last week, I think a, a big talking point was just how... Th- from from my angle at least like the game feels really inconsistent for all the tones it's juggling and it doesn't nail that like the others do but i think cave scene yeah i think (laughs) what jack is saying about like just being so like i feel like i'm being winked at every like five minutes and it's tiring you know it's just like like what you're saying jack of like the like Last week in the office, there was the guy that looked like Otacon, and then now here, there's the thing. It's like, oh, uh, you know, 
this is an ocelot, this is how he gets the thing, this is how he does the thing, Big Boss has an eye patch. here you go, like, it's... Could it feel heavy-handed, because we just played them? I I wonder that, like, could it be, like, feeling heavy-handed because, like, we, we literally just played one and two, and, like, those are pretty fresh, or... I mean... Is it heavy in its... Like, I think it's heavy in itself. Like, sure. I'm not saying, like, that's a right yeah. statement, but I'm just wondering if, like, that could also be a portion of it, maybe. You know? I think, even if you didn't know uh, what was happening, like, the degree at which stuff is being shown to you in that right. wicked nod way almost makes it feel kind of awkward. Yeah. I guess? Like... Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I hear what you're saying, Kevin. I think at the same time, though, like there the ratio isn't there i think it's right. so there's so much of it that for like evaluating it on what it doesn't wink at you with it's like there's it's not really anything that impressive it feels like it's resting on a lot of the references for me at least but right um, right thankfully uh, I, I think the end has a little more substance to it but the majority up to this point then absolutely but jack what were you gonna say I was going to say, I think there is objectively a lot to not like about the Star Wars prequels, but save for like one or two references throughout that whole trilogy, I think it does a good job of standing on its own and not being like, like there's the one uh, part where Count Dooku brings out like the hologram of the Death Star, but that's really the only one that comes to mind. Like that, that series or that trilogy of movies stands apart from the original trilogy and it's not like... Oh, uh, I would love it if the, the if we eventually built an empire. Like it feels sort of natural. Whereas, yeah. <laughs> whereas uh, this one game, it really does feel like solo to me. Like there are just so many. This is not the first time we've referenced solo too. There are just so many. There's so many references that I did not need, and I I think if they took a lot of those out, that it'd make this game feel a little bit more uh, standalone, which I think was probably the intention uh, because it's just wholly separated from the previous two games by decades. And uh, yeah, I think a lot a lot of the, the heavy-handed references go a long way in making me not like this game as much as the other two. Yeah, Jack, I think you nailed it. It's like if the first Star Wars movie, or sorry, Phantom Menace had Anakin be like, no, I don't want to do this. I'd rather lose all my arms and legs. It's like... <laughs> and yeah. then they pause for like 10 seconds, and then they just keep going on. It's like... Whatever. Um, and this is where we get the insight as well about the Philosopher's Legacy, that it's just money. Um, Eva and the boss, we get a, a slight little glance between the two of them, maybe signaling something. Um, but, Kevin, I want to ask you, we see the boss assist snake here she says run she gives him a gun how did you take that like what were you thinking seeing that happen um yeah that was the f i think the first turn of like wait so is she working with us like is this a whole type of uh uh not like i guess kind of like a bait and switch i guess you know mm -hmm. that's what i thought initially you know um because it happens again, I think, pretty prominently towards later on in the game as well. That's definitely more direct, but this is the first, like, inclination of, like, okay, like, there's, 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 there's something up, you know, for sure. Hmm. For sure. But I know exactly what. I don't know. All right. Good to know. So right after this, we basically deal with our escape. Um, 
It sounds like we all just use the codec to call it and escape that way. Um, did anybody not do that? I mean, I I really did try to do the fork thing. I don't know what how to do that, but I assumed I could like Metal Gear Solid One like get under the bed and stab myself with the fork or something. <laughs> that was that was my guess. And then I even tried uh, when the guard came up to the to the. <laughs> gate i tried to kill him with the fork <laughs> like, <laughs> stabbed him with it didn't work uh he just didn't even like go in an alert state it was like just question mark but uh there's yeah, a really no. funny way of breaking out that does yeah. not involve the codec oh um, no please go ahead so well the first like my my main playthrough i did use the codec and then i i was watching some uh videos and video essays about this game and so, someone mentioned, and I did this in my Platinum run, someone mentioned going into the viewer of, like, your character in, I think, maybe the food screen, and spinning the camera very quickly and very fast, exiting out of that, and Snake fucking hurls on the ground, and the guard's like, oh no, did you get sick? Let me come help you. And then he comes and he just beats the shit out of him. It's so funny. <laughs> That's okay. great. That's very good. Yeah. I threw... A Russian ration outside through the viewport hole on the door, right? Mm-hmm. So then the guard eats it, and I was like, "Oh, I don't know. It tastes kind of funny, but all right, you know, I I was hungry. Why not? Oh, because I think he mentions that like he's feeling like a little bit hungry. So I threw him run. I I threw him one, and then uh, like if maybe like fifteen seconds go by, it's like, oh man, something's growing in my stomach. And then he keeps getting more sick and sick, and he runs to the bathroom, and he's doing his business in there. That's when I put in the code that I can got out. Nice. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's I, how that worked. Too. I was you know like, what the fork is for? Oh, I'm sorry. I keep no, I have no that. idea. Okay, I don't know what the fork is for. I uh, I didn't have any use for the fork, to be honest. Yeah. I it, it came in handy afterward, like in the sewers, because you can stumble upon like rats and like toads and stuff, and just use the fork to kill them and instantly eat them so you don't have to like collect them that's what mm-hmm. i was using it for but okay. not in here i didn't really have much use for it did if i just does food get rotten after 24 hours because i was like taking day breaks with some between some of these sessions and it seemed like a food mm-hmm. was always expired i was kind of freaked out by that i'm not sure not not all the food but like know. the the ones i was eating like the the meats the stuff i was killing i don't know <laughs> I would be surprised. items yeah um then we make our escape here the sewer system uh kind of just reminded me of uh naked riding you know this this portion long hallway right uh, sure kind of helpless but again no real substance to the comparison just it's there <laughs> uh those sewers were gorgeous i thought uh oh yeah some really good god rays coming in mm-hmm. and uh uh i don't know the just dogs chasing nice. you yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, dogs are kind of scary. Trust. I'm like, listen, I'm not gonna train a good dog. That's not happening. Mm-hmm. That's not happening. Like, there's there's one dog like hidden, not 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 hidden, but like he was always sleeping near the, the entrance one, yeah. for the sewer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, like is he dead? Like, nah, no, nah, he's just sleeping. It's he got right. disease. Like, so, like, he can chill. Yeah, yeah. Um, he can chill. Dogs uh, count as kills too, so Can't they kill do. Dog. Yeah. No way I'm killing the dog. There's no shot. No. I'm going to out myself as a weirdo, but did anyone expect you to be able to eat the dog? Like, I thought no. maybe they would... Okay, yeah, you can't... All right. It's not, it's not called still... dog eater. 
Right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> so you confirmed you cannot eat the dog. No, you, you cannot dog. eat the dog. Okay. No. Gotcha. Make the Twitter account. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> um, but I, I'm with you, Omar. I think this is a good environment. Like, I, I think kind of like what Jack was talking about with the cliffside as well. Like, I think the second half of the game does have the best environments and some of the best visuals. Um, I think just because we get away from just all the like gray green and brown a lot like this is like some there's still brown everywhere because like it's a ps2 version of the ussr but like um lots of oranges you know the next forest area very very green like in a way that all the jungles before haven't been like i I think we get a lot more variety and i appreciate that plus you know there is the mountain that sort of makes that big division between locations i think but I don't know if we mentioned it, but like, you know, that scene after you meet up with Eva and she gives you the ramen and then you just get that landscape of Groznygrad and mm-hmm. the mountains. It mm-hmm. looks awesome. Like, mm-hmm. so. I, I think also like similar to how MGS2 still looks really good. I'm kind of surprised at some of the character models, I think. And I think some of them were showing here more than any other week so far. Um... They just, I, I think they aged pretty well for the most part, personally. But. Yeah. Um, on the way out of the sewers, though, Kevin, I, I like how you mentioned the dogs are scary because I was running towards that light and then I literally had like a why do I hear boss music moment and then like right yeah. before the cutscene triggered, I saw a dog like on my ass. I was like, oh God, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know you were there. But Yeah, I, I love that like, like just set piece or just like you know just events of snake running for his life mm-hmm. no equipment shirtless to like a light in the tunnel like i i just think that like that was such a cool cool like aesthetic mm-hmm. i liked it i liked it um one of my first exposures to metal gear solid was watching a animated like amv is that an anime music video animated music video I don't know if you guys know, but uh, yeah, someone made a, a big cut of Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater to Coldplay's Viva La Vida. Ah, good and song. there's a really good, the really good cut <laughs> when Snake jumps off that sewer and it's Chris Martin going, I used to rule the world. <laughs> <laughs> it's dope. That's amazing. Yeah, I can definitely see that being like a 2007 yeah. YouTube totally. video with yeah. like yeah. with the the, yeah. the pre-generated graphics. Yeah. Oh yeah. I want to cut Windows one movie to, maker. Yeah. I want to cut one to anthem of our dying day. You know, yo. <laughs> <laughs> um. The this is a very small thing here, but I don't know why Snake just did a full on swan dive the whole time. Like he didn't bother to straighten himself out by the end. His shoulders are gone. When he, he landed head first, shoulders He's, flat out. <laughs> like dude, dude. that's death. I yeah. I think I think every visual medium at this point has just agreed upon the fact that falling into water is the equivalent of falling on a bed of pillows. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really which think is definitely not. I which, think well, everyone has just agreed at that point. We know this I'll, is non realistic. We might have pencil. kids jumping off bridges now into water, not knowing. But to tell our story, we got to have people jumping in waters being okay. I kind of low-key had a different interpretation. Like, I thought the sorrow thing was a complete, like, I was dead. Right? And 
I was dead the whole time. But then once I did that stupid thing, which we'll talk about, how to re get revived, like we were back in reality, mm-hmm. you know. So like in essence, like 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 he did indeed die from that fall. Yeah. Well, maybe not. Why don't we but, talk well, about the sorrow fight then? Well, can I interject real quick? Yeah. With uh, uh, there is a scene later on where someone does fall from the sky into water. And I think that might be the best depiction of how that would actually look like. Uh, he gets where... like a fucking rock. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> he gets fucked up. Yeah. But, uh, oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, the sorrow. Last thing before the sorrow. I'm sorry. I gotta just... No, no, no. It was at this point where I'm like, how does the rest of the, like, ground troops, I guess, don't look at Ossot like a complete idiot? Like... This is like at this point, I think the third or fourth time, maybe more than that, that him and Snake have faced off, and also it's like, okay, finally, like, like this is my moment. I've been waiting for this, and then he fucks it up again, you know. And it's like, damn, this dude is not that capable, not yet, at least, you know. Yeah, yeah. Let's I, carry on. I, I do appreciate though that every time Ocelot shows up, he like uh, makes it. A, a thing of like, hey, nobody else mess with me. Like this is yeah. me, this is me and him, which I got uh, this, guys. <laughs> which uh, I think is very interesting when we learn things about later on. Um, but yeah, the sorrow. The I think this is a very cool set piece. I love how this looks. I love the the just the themes going on. I love the the drastic shift from everything else. Like I really like the 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 setting of this and like just the energy of it i guess like you kind of just trudge through water again i hated it before i had a better time now because i'm at least entertained by everything else but uh jack what do you think of the sorrow sequence um i really like how this is the point in the game where the game itself is either punishing you for the way you played the game or sort of rewarding you for the way you played the game. Uh, because if you killed a bunch of people, all of the ghosts of those people that you killed will uh, try to harm you in this section. If you killed no one, I think it's just the bosses, um, which count as kills, that will try and harm you. And a whole bunch of fish. <laughs> I don't remember killing all that fish, but a whole bunch of fish are in there as well. Um, but it's only the bosses that try to harm me, because I, I ended up not killing anyone and I just had the bosses running through the water, but yeah, I when I first played this game like seven to eight years ago at this point, uh, I remember <laughs> very much regretting, oh man, probably shouldn't have been mowing down people in the jungle before this. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think it's a really interesting um, little tactic. As for figuring out what to do at the end, uh, I probably had to look that up eight years ago, but I knew what to expect mm-hmm. this time around. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. Uh, Omar, you see a lot, a lot of dogs here. <laughs> Fuck you! I'm not that evil. <laughs> only, only a couple times. Uh, I actually don't know if I. I think I did see a dog. You might be right, but uh, <laughs> all right, all right. Um, I didn't much care for this set piece like I used to. I think I used to think it was pretty cool, mm-hmm. but uh, I feel like at this point it's uh, it feels almost like. It's going for that kind of, you know, Psycho Mantis vibe. Yes. Of the first game. But it just doesn't hit it for me. It just seems like uh, he's desperately trying for something here. And it is just like, 
I'm not all that wowed by it, I guess. But um, yeah, I think yeah. My biggest takeaway with it, like the way it's designed, like on a art level and just the character of the sorrow, I I was really into. But I, in my notes, I was like, love this. I don't know if I can defend the mechanics because as I was playing it, exactly what you're saying, I was like, I was thinking about Psychomantis and how much I love that and how much that is like, if you look hard enough, it'll convey that to you through something like the codec. Here, unless you're like, oh, right, I have this fake death thing or this recovery thing that they mentioned day one, uh, I had never used it, and you can't even use it until you die. Like, it's, I, I think you're right, it's it's reaching for that, but I, I think there's a, a pretty big difference between the game giving you a hint and doing something in your real life that is pretty simple of just like, boop, boop with the controller versus like hey this one item you probably forgot about and even though it's one of the only items in your inventory like use it but you gotta die first and you do it when you're on the death screen like it you're absolutely right i i don't think this can hang with psychomantis and i i know kevin you weren't a fan of psychomantis like at all so what did you think of this um, I get that in premise, this is interesting, right? And I actually do like the notion of like, hey, if you're a killer, this is your, this is your payback. Like, like, like this is what you get, right? Nathan um, Drake's hell. You, you literally, <laughs> like, yo, facts. Um, Nathan but, Drake um, swarmed by these things. He wouldn't have oh, got out. <laughs> swarmed. There's no way. There's, there's, there's no shot. Um, but I was using the easy gun all the way through so i only had the bosses unfortunately guys i did have the parrot i don't know when this happened i don't know how this parrot you know f- fell to by by my hand but apparently i killed a parrot at some point you eat this very very disturbing very very disturbing yeah i was flying in the water he was saying grandpa i was like yo my bad i i I'm got sorry. him too he was I, I think just with the end yeah, does he? Oh, does the parrot get exploded when the end goes? Uh, no, I, I don't guess. think so. I think he. Okay, okay. He like says so by flying away. Okay. Uh, yeah, right. that's that's what I thought, but oh well. Um, <laughs> Kevin, it, yeah. it kills that theory you had of that being the parrot from two. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn, tragic, tragic. But um, so yeah, <laughs> we were looking R. up parrot lifespans. Yeah, it was eighty years. Of, it was life ended too soon. R.I.P. R.I.P. Big Homie. Um, but yeah, I think it's incredibly stupid um, <laughs> that, like, because I I was unaware that you can even access your L2 and R2 menus when you have the oh my god snake is dead da da like I, I I was not aware that you could pull up that menu at all and I don't know yeah like I'm with you guys in the fact that like that is not properly conveyed like i guess with the uh you know uh metal gear solid thing with the controller and all that during that fight specifically i guess it tells you kind of you know like you you do get a call at some point i think on the codec if you're just like you can't get a single shot on psychomantis they're like hey he's reading your thoughts and i think if you follow up they're like take the controller out (laughs) right right okay yeah but like here i 
I don't know if you could call anybody and they would tell you or something, but... I mean, I don't think you have a yeah. radio at this point. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't think too. you could call anyone. No, you could call. You, uh, you could definitely call and uh, they will say to you... Uh, they will act like you're dead. Yeah. yeah. Like, right. uh, you call you call a major and I think he literally goes, Snake, Snake, Snake! And yeah. Eva's like, where are you? Uh, I can't hear, haven't heard from you. And then you can't ever talk to them or something. Oh yeah, shit! Sure. So might be, might no, be right. so that is death with the afterlife, like hundred percent. Snake uh, is like really, really dead. Yeah, I think so. That's cool. Okay, that's pretty cool. And but yeah, still, yeah, still did not. I had to. I I called Omar. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, I was watching Austin Powers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was uh, for research. <laughs> um, oh, by the way, Austin Powers, the best tr- trilogy. In films, honestly, aside, as, aside from Lord of the Rings, best trilogy in films. Actually, no aside needed. <laughs> yeah, <whatever. laughs> Top yeah. So um, I'm I'm wondering then, Kevin. Also, because I have never tried this, but because I I didn't die too much. But can you even get to your LTRT menus on normal death screens, or is this the only time you can do that? I think you can. I, 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 I believe that's how that yeah. that revival Maybe. thing works. Okay. But I forgot because I never used it. But yeah. what if I will you say, use it before this point? What happens then? I don't know if you can. Uh, you have you I have think, multiple, I think. No, you have multiple think, fake deaths, but I think you only have the one revival. Well, oh. I think the revival is probably infinite. Because uh, okay. you, you can't... I tried to remove that from my inventory. and They, they lock that in, in the support inventory. Mm. Um, but I never was in a case where I was like, oh, I'm caught, I guess I'll pretend I'm dead. Because <laughs> that mechanic's not very useful. Jack. Um, but yeah, I bet that is their answer to these egregious length uh, warning things. It's fake your death, wait for them to walk away immediately after, then it's a reset. I bet that's yeah. what it is. I never even tried it because I thought I had to save the fake death bills for this because I forgot the like specifics here. But yeah, did did you try using the fake death pill immediately yes. when you got here? Yep. Okay, because I did too, and I was pretty bummed that it didn't work. Yeah, <laughs> I thought. That'd be a good speedrun tactic, but mm-hmm. no, I guess you can't speedrun this fight. No, yeah. And I, I tried to. I was like, the first time I saw, I think the fear popped up in my thing. I just stood there. He was the first boss that I think I saw, maybe, but um, he took out like a third of my health and then he just went away and the star disappeared. I was like, I gotta keep walking, okay. <laughs> but Yeah, I, I mean, all the Cobras have this problem or the the lack of characterization, I guess, the like compared to the last Metal Gears, but like this one specifically, when they're trying to do a Psycho Mantis thing, I think it really falls flat for me. Because, like, he's just not as cool as Psycho Mantis. And he's, he's not even trying to be, but I can't remember the quotes. But he never inspired... He never made me feel bad for what I did, I guess. Not like Psycho Mantis, where he was like, right. ah, I see you were a killer. This guy's like, ooh, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, the only thing that I like about the Sars character is his attachment to the boss mm-hmm. but i think if you remove the boss from uh the sorrows character it's the sorrows just another one of the cobras that is just not interesting and i agree with christian i think this set piece is really interesting and cool and i like the premise of them punishing or, pre- or uh you know giving you a pass um but i think if you take those away the the character itself is just not very interesting yeah i'll give them this though for sure because like i think within the fight of the fury they can they give the fury the best treatment out of the cobras but i think here after the fact i'm definitely most interested to like the role the sorrow has right because 
um i believe it's after snake hits land again and he's talking to major and he's like asking about the sorrow and we get some insight into the idea that he fought with the boss during the war and then she was sent to assassinate him and i don't know if i'm taking this from maybe like expanded stuff or like posts and like interviews that kojima gave but like i'm almost pretty sure that like he was sort of a mentor to her at a period of time uh i believe they were friends on the battlefield and i think they were probably lovers at some point too because i remember yeah. someone saying like her name was her codename was the joy mm-hmm. boss's codename was the joy and she and uh the sorrow was the sorrow so it was sort of like the yin and yang situation mm-hmm. and they were i think they were partners when boss was leading uh the cobras through world war Two and afterwards and then yeah I believe the boss had to go and assassinate the Sara. Yeah, because she was sent by the CIA to carry out the assassination, at least that's what's on record, which I thought was very interesting considering what uh, Snake's relationship to the boss is and what his objective is, right? It's mirrored, essentially. And the way that they keep kicking around the idea that Snake and the boss were... Uh, mentors maybe lovers uh i think it's a really interesting parallel considering where we're going and just looking at the boss sort of having to had been in the role that snake is in um which uh again i feel like there would have been a lot of potential to like really hammer in on and make that the point of where we're going because we do kind of get to that point eventually but they kind of just drop it there i think yeah uh on this call when they tell you about the sorrow What'd you think of them like explaining his whole deal with like science or like he's a product of experiments in uh in this lab. We were doing training on spiritual mediums and I don't know. Like Yeah, because what did they say? That like he what he did have ESP and then it was like magnified by experimentation or something like that? Uh I'm not yeah, I think so. I honestly didn't quite follow all of it, but it seemed like after they said like I almost thought they were just gonna have a straight up a ghost guy. But they did they did kind of explain it. Mm-hmm. I, I kinda glazed over at that part to be completely honest. Yeah. Because like giving you backstory about a boss that you just defeated is like, alright. I just <laughs> yeah. went past him. I don't really need yeah. this now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um after that the next thing is the path to the cave i don't know if anybody has anything that stood out to them it's kind of whatever you know it's, it's a short path um they give you another r1 thing after snake lands on the beach and he just looks at nothing i don't know what that was about but <laughs> yeah there's really not much i i thought there was a point where after his eye gets shot out if you go r1 it's like there's weird depth or something like mm. It's because you know if you, like you lose an eye, you don't have the same depth perception. So I thought there was you can't something see there. Avatar in 3D. Yeah, I thought there so, was something with that. <laughs> yeah, it's the greatest of your concern. <laughs> you can't <laughs> see Avatar in 3D. <laughs> uh, I think it's it's worth per- pointing out here because this is sort of like a lull in the game. Um, I found out when doing the trophy, all the trophies for this, there are hidden R ones that aren't telegraphed. Um, and we'll get to them later. There's some really cool ones that I was trying to tell Kevin about, and he, he saw you. them on his stream. So um, much. 
there's some really stuff. cool ones that we'll, we'll we'll talk about later. But uh, oh yeah, you, you mentioned the R one Christian, so mm-hmm. I I thought I'd throw that in there. There's some cool ones. They're all after um, the Mountain Pass. All the hidden R ones in this game are after the Mountain Pass, at least for the trophies, mm-hmm. which is uh, which is interesting. They're not spread out through the game, so mm-hmm. we'll get to this. Well, I believe unless I'm missing one, I believe the next R one takes place in the cave when yes, Eva is sure uh, back in her bikini but this time Snake's just focused on that snake he's chomping on and he just sees her legs I was surprised I was like oh well, okay okay you're showing more in the normal thing not in the the first person view but some people will get off on those legs Christian uh, fair enough fair enough <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jack you brought up this cave many times uh, set the scene all right. Um, I believe it's been a while since I played through this section, but I believe someone's injured. Probably Snake. It's definitely Snake. Um, Eva's like, "Hey, let me ha- help you out with, with what's going on here." There's a there's a fire in the cave that's warming them. It's also illuminating some shadows on the back cave wall. And uh, Eva's picking away at something. Um, they're in some interesting positions. And lo and behold, if you hit R one. <laughs> or actually, I don't even know if you have to hit R1. Um, we get some interesting dialogue and some illuminations on the cave wall that makes it seem like they're doing something else than digging around for bullet holes and sticks in some in people's legs. And it's very much an on-the-nose reference to how that happens in Austin Powers, except it's actually funny in Austin Powers. <laughs> so, not a weird parody of itself. Is it... Is that scene, does it actually originate from Austin Powers, or does it originate from a spy thing that Austin Powers parodies it? Because I I wonder. That's probably right. You're probably right. But, obviously, educated and uh, refined people would know that this is from Austin Powers. No, of course, yeah. um, I definitely thought about Austin Powers when I saw this, so much so that I rewatched the first movie. Uh, But I think, is it in the second one or something, maybe? Uh, uh, I believe Spy Who Shagged Me with Heather Graham. Okay, all right. Yeah, I only saw... Uh, I can't remember the name of the first one, honestly, but... Yeah, oh, International I, I, Man of Mystery. Right. Um, Followed I up, think, of course, by the Beyoncé film uh, Goldfinger? Gold member? Gold of course. member, I believe. I think, I think I told Christian on a stream, like, hey, this is actually an Austin Powers game, not did, James Bond, yeah. yeah. when, when this happened. Um, but, but, yeah... Uh, I think a lot of these games' problems with the Eva sexualization would have been fixed if Snake would just say, "Do I make you horny, baby?" Every time <laughs> that happens, like, "Do I make you randy?" <laughs> yeah, something like that. Like, I don't know. Plus, there were like weird wrestling or boxing noises played when the shadows yes. were doing. It. it was it was a bizarre scene. I don't think it was funny at all. No, like, I don't think it definitely. Maybe it was supposed to be sexy. I don't know. I wasn't aroused (laughs) it's 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 at this point where i realize with all the james bond stuff um and with the austin power stuff and the references the like actual like in-text references to metal gear itself i feel like this game at the end of the day is mostly just an unsatisfying parody of a lot of things that doesn't culminate into anything wholly unique and new and it is just references to other things without telling a compelling story in its own right. Mm-hmm. Because I, I think you can do a smart, like, hey, we're doing a James Bond game that's a Metal Gear. 
but it's also a Metal Gear game, and we're going to tell a unique, interesting story that differentiates itself from the the other Metal Gear games in a satisfying way. But I just don't think this game nailed that. I think it's largely referential. Um, it doesn't tell a compelling story, really, at all. I think I care about one character at the end of this game. But yeah, just you're just getting hit hard with all these references. Yeah, I, I just don't think it's good in that regard. I wanted to highlight it when Kevin brought it up earlier, um, but I'll, I'll bring it up again Indeed. here. Like, I, do you guys think this game would have been better if it started at the mountain? Like, you can do uh, uh, the virtuous mission, but then like, cut out all the stuff in the jungle. The half of Gru like start on the mountainside. Like that's where Snake meets Eva, and he she gives her uh, him an exposition dump, and then you just go off from there. Because I can't think of much character development you get from Snake in the first chunk of the game that we'd be axing, other than like, I guess as a player you're getting used to the mechanics of this game, the way Snake is getting used to being on his own. But like, you get that pretty pretty fast, you know? Like I, like Omar, do you think you'd maybe think the game could have a benefit to cutting out all that stuff and then really honing in on from there where we started this week to the end i think i would have still been left pretty unsatisfied by it if Mm -hmm. they cut out half of it maybe maybe slightly less so but i feel like this game is just kind of simplistic in a lot of ways with the story and the and some of the things it's going for Mm -hmm. that i i think i even cut out like yeah i i do agree this section is better than what we've played before but I don't think it would have done it for me if it was any shorter. Sure, or yeah, done more for me. Um, because I, I I think like my biggest thing the way that you guys are talking about um, kind of feeling underwhelmed. I just feel like they try to have payoffs for things they never built up to really, and they're banking on future stuff. So like, if you're not gonna build up to a payoff in the first half of the game. Just don't have it. I think I would have just been going along with everything else uh, that they did so far. But uh, Kevin, what do you think this cave thing? That is a loud plane. Yeah, that's a very loud plane. I'm sorry, it is on my end. That's that's a SR-71 Blackbird. (laughs) Yeah, they sent in the bomber straight (laughs) coming down. The internet heard me talking trash about Snake Eater. (laughs) No. (laughs) Um, what was the line specifically? Because because. I gotta say it. I gotta say it. Um, it was uh, oh, uh, uh, Snake offers uh Eva a little bit of the snake that he's eating. Uh, and then um, all right, she was like, no, like, but I bet you would taste good. Just, just out there, just straight up, yeah. like not even. We're we're n- not even hinting at that point. Uh, I think she said I'd rather eat you or something. Like yeah, that. yeah, 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 something like that. I'm like, okay, all right. Okay, baby girl, shit. I mean, you know, after the credits, you know what I mean? Probably not after the credits, after we learn what happens, but, um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I I didn't understand the Awesome Powers references. I've never seen Awesome Powers. Apologies. You got them. Um, yeah. <laughs> according to Jack, I'm uneducated, which is totally true. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, yeah you gotta no. see like, Awesome Powers. <laughs> yeah like i think that i think there is merit to hey like the everything that we played before i would honestly prefer if we start like at the ladder you know but yeah that's, and like yeah. have that 
have that ladder be the intro and then everything else post that blow it up a little bit expand upon it you know that is the game like i think it would have been a yeah it's it just this the beginning half of this game is just really weird to me like it doesn't it does not land at least for me mm-hmm. i don't know but if yeah. you start have a very confined jungle section and then you start like with the end as your first boss fight um and then like what kevin said go up the ladder and then like expand the mountain area and the like Grad a little bit and maybe even shorten the game overall i think it would have been a better package oh yeah yeah Mm -hmm. for sure yeah keep the end as your first boss fight right yeah what a great introduction that would be rather than the fucking b man (laughs) you like jazz Wasn't there one before that? No, no. The B Man was the first one. No, he was first. Uh, I think it's Ocelot. Yeah, yeah. Ocelot. That if we can put Ocelot in like the top of the mountain area, I'd be cool with that. Mm -hmm. I'd be, I would be down with that. Yeah, Um, I'd be down. I, I have a very, I hope I don't derail too much. A very odd like observation and a question for you guys. Did anyone use at any point in this game a chaff grenade? Because my inventory was stocked, and I never thought to ever use this. I used it once. I th- feel like I did, I think. What were they, they even, like, useful for? Were they good for game? those guys on the hovercrafts? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Oh, I never okay. used one either, but I assumed that's what they were there for. But I kind of didn't even realize I had them, to be honest. Uh, so. Yeah. Because hmm. that's a very specific part of the game. Where you see them like a couple times in the game. Yeah. And I'm chucking chaff grenades in one and two, let me tell you. I didn't even use that in the Yeah, and again, I think that's another instance of they're in the sixties. Like, why is this here? Like you're yeah. you know we know how to use these and you use them one time. Like it just feels like not lazy, but just like why did you even bother? Like you know, I don't know. It's rough. What why are hovercrafts in here? Do you think, dude? <laughs> I have no fucking idea. I was <laughs> like, wait, why? Yeah, like for what? Why? <laughs> Where did they come from? <laughs> why are they so like? If hover tech exists, why is it such a big deal that they need an entire fucking runway for Shagohod to work? Right? Like, just put the Three rockets. Miles, yeah, exactly. Have it hover. Have it go like yeah. t- treat it like a plane. Like, <laughs> I don't know. yeah, yeah, really weird. I- I do. Is it explained here where they use the Shagohad to like propel the prepare propel Mm -hmm. the missiles? That's the word. Like farther using the force of it going like three hundred miles an hour. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which, if you do the math, three hundred miles and it's a three mile runway. I feel like that'd be a pretty quick amount of time, right? I feel like that's not enough runway. Or am I just wrong? It's a, it's a big boy. We need so. a Fast and Furious lo- runway, like the yeah. Fast Six. Yeah. Oh like, man, that yeah. seems so we good. Yeah, um, we need man. that runway. Yeah. I need to watch those oh, movies. You do. Oh yeah, you, you gotta get educated. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I'll throw Hell myself yeah. in the unrefined, uneducated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never that movie's coming out soon. Yeah. Hell yeah. I gotta catch up. I think they're on somewhere. On back. Let's go. So, this is maybe the longest cutscene of the game 
Wait, 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 wait. Can I say one thing? Can mm-hmm. I say one thing? Okay. Kevin was talking about the Shackle Hod. I just wanted to say I think the Shackle Hod is a triumph, and I think it's so cool. I think it's one of the best things about this game is how cool that the idea, like, prequels suck in a lot of ways, but I feel like for if you're going to do, like, early tech that was in a later game mm-hmm. and it's here, I think the Shackle Hod works. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, this is, like, your your unrefined idea that gets better later on. But yeah. the way it moves, too, or... Maybe I am jumping ahead. Actually, I'm sorry for interrupting you, Christian. You go ahead. Oh uh, no, no, no! I, I'm glad you brought it up. Like I, because I think it's it really shines in the fight later. But like that, yeah. cu- that cutscene where he's like, "Yeah, we strap rockets on the thing to just make it go faster." It's like, yeah, that's super cool. Like um, I can't tell you how mad I would be if there was like a prequel, like in Metal Gear, and like, oh, here's something that's like way cooler than Rex that shows up. Yeah, like yeah. that would piss me off. Yeah, that'd be that'd be something that. Would, but be- this thing is fucking cool. Like. <laughs> No, yeah, Shagahana works. Like, you could tell it's very much like a prototype. Yeah. And I think they nail it. It's very, like, hulking, and it's not very streamlined. Yeah. And very much like a predecessor to Metal Gear. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I agree. No. I think that's it's cool to I say. like it. Well, uh, was there anything else that we want to touch on in the cutscene? Because we do get a lot of... A, it's a long cutscene. Wait, what cutscene is this? It's, it's still um, the cave. It's like everything with like Eva oh. and Snake getting the eye patch, oh, and I just remembered it. the nudie stuff. <laughs> what was that? She gives it C three, and it's for some reason not C four that everyone knows. Why? Yeah, Omar, just yeah, like you said, it's a prequel. But, yeah, it's a prequel. It's so dumb. And I think even uh, so who calls? Man, um, I think someone calls and like explains how C four will be cooler later, or like how this technology will evolve. Yeah, but the bomb of the future, just, or something like that. Yeah, it's just stupid, just dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, no other takeaways from this sequence then, because right after that we gotta reinfiltrate the base. Uh, this again, Kevin, you have a history not liking backtracking too much in these games. Uh, well, you liked it in two, but uh, what do you think about it here? Going back to the lab, uh, getting to the hangar, using the military outfit again. This one's good because like. It's like, hey, you're going to go to the shaft over here. Mm-hmm. And it's like, right. Like, no, I remember that location. Like, it's not like you have to go backtrack and just blind as a bat, figure out where the hell the sniper is. Like, what? what, Like, you know, so um, I I like to hear a lot. Yeah, because they because I feel like them not directly like telling you like how to get Raiden's uh, uniform on. Right. Is like a means for kind of you to explore that environment so that mm-hmm. you might be more aware going into the second time like they 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 low-key give you a reason to explore the first time um so i thought this was totally fine yeah mm-hmm. and i and i like the challenge of like, okay right right getting over there i know how to get there okay gotcha yeah right. i liked it uh i forgot one thing about the cutscene that i wanted to bring up sure. uh s- sorry to backtrack again but uh when Eva is talking about, I think this is in the cave, her motorcycle and why she rides it, right? Mm-hmm. She's talking about, like, when when I ride at high speeds, the wind is so harsh, I can't feel anything else. Yeah, know. which I'm like... <laughs> All right. Yeah. Have you, have you seen a normal thing a person would say? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a... Uh, yeah. Are you okay? You right? <laughs> the, I, I will help. say the game like I haven't written down 
as many as I did with one or two, but I do think there are some lines like that that I like, you know, that are just, like, stupid and, like, all right, sure, why not? Like, the standout that I did write down, I think, this entire playthrough really was the Sokolov scene where he's like, I'm tired. <laughs> like, that was funny. Um, Omar, I think you also highlighted last week uh, Granin, is that his name, right? Granin. Granin. Yeah. Uh, his toast to capitalism at the end of his big speech. Like, there's a couple things in this game that I do think, like, line-wise, delivery-wise, I still really like, but um, I-, I think that's another instance the of her not feeling anything. It's like, oh, sure, you know, like, it's uh, whatever. But, yeah. I enjoy it. Um, anybody have any issue with the actual Shagohod hangar? Plant these bombs. Uh, I remember when I first played this game years ago, I, I remember sneaking around more, but when I popped in now, I had, like, a bunch of suppressors at this point, because I was able to find a bunch this playthrough, uh, or this session, and I was, like, went up to the crow's nest, like, on the, the platform, and just went sniping people with this trank from like very far and I didn't I wasn't headshotting people I was just hitting them in the chest and moving on to the next person and I was able to get everyone from like 100 feet away mm-hmm. uh, with this trank pistol so and then I just planted the bombs when everyone was tranked so I tried to do that with the easy gun but my issue was I was out of food and I had no stamina so snakes kept aiming the gun like like an old lady or something like <laughs> it was had major issues with that, but uh, I did manage to do it, and it, I thought it was a lot of fun. I think the sequence of sneaking around, and uh, it's also a nice-looking hanger. I always appreciate when the game looks good. Mm-hmm. And, man, the, is that Metal Gear orange? You can't get enough of it. You just can't. Kevin it was I, orange, right? It was orange, yeah. It was, it was like an okay. orangey-brown, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, like, yeah, orangey. Um, yeah, no, I, I took everyone out with my easy gun. Did the thing. Uh, I put, I think, way too much thought into, like, placing the C3. I thought I had to put it, like, directly on the tank. I thought maybe if I put it on the ground next to it, like, it wouldn't work or, or something like that. But no, it, it was just laid down in front of it. Yeah, so so definitely no definitely no problems there. Mm-hmm. No. This was, Jack, this is, I think, in my entire playthrough where I felt the alert thing the most because I had the... Uh, scientists freaking out every time they saw me and I couldn't trank them because I had the military uniform on still because I didn't want to get swapped by the guards and I was like I thought I couldn't use any guns like that room in Metal Gear Solid 1 where they're like hey you take a gun out it's over so like I, I didn't even try it so it took me a couple attempts but yeah uh, <laughs> after I tranked everybody yeah it was a cool sequence I liked playing all the bombs but um, after this it really, I think, triggers the rest of the game, like the end of the game, at least in Russia, right? Because we have like a lot of cutscenes, and the major sequences I think that are left are really just Volgan, Shagohad, and the boss. So, does anyone want to touch on anything teeing up the Volgan fight, or do you just want to talk about the Volgan fight? I don't think anything uh... really happens. Yeah, we can just we... jump in. Okay. It, a lot of exposition. Yeah. Before the basically. cutscene with the Vulcan fight? Or wait, are we talking about the cutscene with the Vulcan fight? Uh, before the fight starts. 
Okay, I would like to mention, I think Snake is like captured here, right? Or like he's in a bad position. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I think they're considering whether to kill him. And uh, I think, uh, I don't know, someone, maybe Snake asked to explain the, someone asked to explain the Philosopher's Legacy and Vulgan's like, very well, I will tell you before I kill you. And he's just so <laughs> yes. dumb. Like, yeah. all right. Again, being a parody with no satisfying result. It is just yeah. just ends up being a parody. Very well, let me tell you my dastardly <laughs> plan. And like, right. there's no payoff to that. It's just a parody. I was, I was re-watching Awesome Powers, right? And like, um, uh, there's that scene. Uh, sorry to spoil you, Kevin. Uh, yeah. but like, there's the scene where um, Dr. Evil is sitting at the table and uh, Awesome Powers is captured. And Dr. Evil's son, Scott, is like, Dad, I can just shoot him right now. You want me to just get a gun? I'll kill him right here. And Dr. Evil is like, no, son, I have to explain my plot to him in crazy detail and make an escape room that he can easily get away from. Like, there's a good joke there. And Mel gets out there and just plays it straight. It's like, all right. Yeah, like, (laughs) is it a parody if it's, like, in earnest? Like, I don't know. Like, I I just, like, it's... Is it self-parody at that? I don't understand, but... Well, because Metal Gear Solid 2 is like a parody of Metal Gear Solid 1, right? And it's always referencing it and making jokes about how crazy that game was. Yeah. And this is just yeah. like... I don't know, maybe something got lost in translation? I don't know. It seems like a joke. You said this earlier in the podcast, Omar, but like, there's a purpose for Metal Gear Solid 2 to be so referential to the first game, where... Metal Gear Solid 3 is referencing so many different 1960s things and James Bond films and stuff like that, but it doesn't say anything about them. It just is doing them again, but now it's Metal Gear, and there's just no payoff to that, and it's, I, I think it's kind of unsatisfying yeah. by the end. Definitely. Uh, does anybody think the Volgan fight is unsatisfying? Yes. Tell me about it's it, Karen. Yeah. It's just boring. It's like... It's it's like we we had such a good fury fight, you know. I'm like, okay, this is great. Like we got some strategy here. We have a nice environment that we're doing it. But no, we're literally just thrown in this like lowered uh, elevator type thing, I guess, for planes or whatever. Um, and yeah, it, it's 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 really boring. It's and I didn't figure out how to like evade or dodge his attacks. Really, I was kind of just taking it on the chin and i think if his back was towards you you could get damage on him but i i ended up just spraying for as long as possible and sometimes it would do damage sometimes it wouldn't so that that's essentially what i end up doing on this fight but yeah i thought it was pretty boring to be honest so jack i'm wondering because i definitely had to like work around his mechanics so i'm imagining you did too but uh, i i like that it's because he's lightning based right lightning is attracted to metal so like when you have a gun equipped if he shoots the lightning bolt at you it automatically is going to get you so i i like the um implementation where you can like abate lightning by having a gun equipped when he's readying it and then freezing time to like go into your inventory and then de-equipping it and then doing like a dodge roll and then re-equipping it and then shooting him. So, like, I, I did like that rotation. I thought that was uh, fun, but I, I never felt like it got for, or like deeper than that. I don't know if you playing on normal experience anything else, but... 
Not no, not really. That's pretty much the meta of this boss fight, yeah. and uh, the the equip de equip um, mechanic comes. I'll refer to it in the Shagohod fight, but that comes into a big play then. Mm-hmm. But yeah, in this one, it's essentially like run around uh, with a gun when he's about to attack, de equip, dodge, take out your gun. I usually I tried to aim for the head, but sometimes I would just hold square and it would just auto target him and then chip away. Um, I think the first attempt, I ran out of time because I was like playing it very slowly. Um, and then the second attempt, I I realized that happened with the boss as well. I was like taking way too much time just sort of figuring out the mechanics and trying to uh, use them against uh, the boss characters, I guess. But um, eventually, I got it on the second time. But yeah, not there's it's not that interesting of a boss fight. It's mostly just the gimmick of the lightning attacks, and mm-hmm. after you learn them, it's just kind of whatever. Omar, uh, what about you in this fight? Also, what do you think of Ocelot being in play here as well and like uh, occasionally supporting you and Vulgan getting a little suspicious? Like, what is the highlight for you? Is it just like that like set dressing here or is it the mechanics? Like, what what's your takeaways from Vulgan? Well, the thing with the Ocelot thing is I just can't take it seriously because I feel like I know what he's trying to do, yeah. right? With mm-hmm. the... With the whole like giving that character backstory, it, it really doesn't work for me. I I think it's supposed to be cute, but I'm just like, yeah, I get it. He's a triple agent. I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't. What was the the Vulcan thing? I just honestly, I died a few times. I didn't know when the best times to get on on him were, mm-hmm. and the unequipment thing took me a bit to figure out too. But yeah, pretty pretty interesting boss fight. I think the. I'm never a fan when this game does that horse-like bright green lighting. I think it looks lame. Yeah. But, yeah. That was me. Uh, the codec comes into play a lot more than I think most boss fights. Because I called like pretty much everyone. They all had some good things to say. Major Zero said, if you had the gun equipped, the if you had a gun equipped and you were attacked, then the bullets will explode. Uh, Sigint said, attack from the side or the back with a gun. Because uh, head-on attacks will not work. And then yeah, it, I I thought that was actually like the one time the codec came into play, um, in in these in a significant way. See, I called the major and I thought he was like saying like my gun would explode like what the boss could do or something. So I didn't really. It took me a bit to like actually uh, give that a try. But yeah, yeah. So overall, an, another on the assuming uninteresting boss in this game i think and like i don't know how you guys felt about volgan as a character in general we never really like gave a whole opinion on him but i he literally he feels like a cartoon villain to me more than any other metal gear villain and i'm kind of glad he's i I don't even know if i'm glad he's gone because he just took up too much space (laughs) i think like i wasn't into him the entire game really i feel like a boring forgettable character yeah yeah I think if he just had like a, a a cooler voice actor, I would have liked him a bit more, or like sure. felt more intimidated by him. But no, he's just lame. And he's talking about his money. Like, all right, yeah, I, I, don't, I, I don't like Logan, but yeah. um, the Shagahot fight. Jack, you wanted to yeah. bring up the the inventory switching. You want to tee us up with how this Shagahot fight works out? Yeah. Uh, so first, we do like the motorcycle chase, right, and blow up the bridge. Um. We do that first. 
and then we get to the Shagahod fight where it's you and Eva like riding around on a motorcycle. Um, and then the key here is to do like take out your RPG and then like shoot the treads and then shoot the back of the RPG of the uh, Shagahod rather. I think Omar's having some difficulties. Oh, time for the buddies over here. Um, oh man. All good, all good, Omar. Oh man. Okay. So. Oh, I was... <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh man. Jack, sorry. Can you uh, repeat what yeah, you said about? Yeah. So. So basically, you're using the RPG to like shoot the. There's like two treads essentially on the Shagahod. Mm-hmm. Um. If you shoot it, it'll like stop in its tracks, and then you get around to the back, and then you shoot the back of the Shagahod with the RPG. But the load time of the RPG is so egregious that if you just equip it and unequip it, it just instantly reloads. Really? So I, was, I wish I knew yeah. that. <laughs> Damn, I wish I knew that. So God if you do it. that, if you like, you shoot the RPG, unequip, equip, and then you shoot it again, you can just have like a full auto RPG essentially, which is that was. That was the way that I found to do it, and I was like, oh, well, I guess the game's letting me, so I'm just gonna fucking unload with this RPG. I am with Kevin. I did not know that. That would've been very nice. Yeah, I wish I knew that, yeah. Like, I thought it was timed specifically. It's like, okay, like, you know, when when his tread is stunned or whatever, uh, um, that would give me enough time to have Eva go behind, which I wish there was a way I could've controlled the motorcycle sometimes, Loki, because there were times where he was stunned and i and she just did not want to go behind him and it's like i need you to go behind when i stunned shagohad it, it was not sometimes it wasn't working out that great but yeah 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 and, the... and i also hated the motorcycle lead up to this um oh, really? yeah I, I don't think that worked out well like it just feels it, it's like the complete opposite of what I've liked in Metal Gear gameplay, and it's like the complete opposite. Like, tell it feels just like action movie. Like, it remind me a lot of COD. You know, like a you know, like some big fantastic like bombastic chase scene in like Mothra two. You know, um, and I just don't think that like the the um, I just don't think the controls feel as, like allowed that to feel as good as what it probably would have felt like on paper. You know what I'm saying? I, yeah, I just didn't. Yeah, I didn't think it it was that cool. Like, I guess yeah, cool set piece, sure, absolutely. But like to to control it felt weird. And the like intermittent pauses of like we're gonna show you a little cutscene and then throw you in the gameplay and like a very awkward, weird part in that chase scene. Yeah, but the overall Shagahod fight I thought was pretty okay. Like you know, um, I did have to call. I think. I, I think I, I forgot who I called, but someone told me, "Hey, shoot in the area behind the, uh, uh, just shoot behind him, mm-hmm. uh, because it's damaged from the bridge collapse and explosion and all that." So, right. So yeah. I know you talked with Metal Gear Solid One about. I forget how much love there was for it, but I think in concept, at the very least, and. At the end of it all, you really liked fighting Rex. Right, yeah, Kevin? yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Once I got my, once I understood his mechanics, it was fun. Yeah, and like, like it was, yeah, it was fun to interact with. You were let down by Ray, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. How does... Because there's like the third, the bunch of different rays. I you were like slaying them with riding at the end, basically. Oh yeah, nah, nah, that one, nah, that one wasn't it. So how would nah. you compare? Because again, kind of proto Metal Gear. How would you compare Shagohad to the other two Metal Gear fights we've had so far? I think it's similar to Rex in a lot of ways. Um, I'd put them probably in the same bar, honestly. Like I feel like the I I think the only thing that would make it that made it less fun for me was not being able to shoot behind when 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 I when I wanted to and when I needed to. Mm-hmm. Uh just off of Eva's AI just sometimes she was gonna go behind, sometimes she didn't. So you were kinda like at the mercy at that point. Um but yeah, so I guess maybe a little bit less than Rex because Rex you had more control overall with your mm-hmm. action. So yeah. but I think it was more towards MGS1. For sure. Sure, because I correct me if I'm wrong, but was one of the issues you had with Rex mainly just like placement on the field, like compared to Rex and like how you, like moving around in that scenario? Because I I feel like if taking away that le- le- like level of full control with Eva here might be an attempt to sort of make it so like more of your focus is just on dealing the damage and not having to worry about placement the way you had to in one. Because I know that didn't work. I think that was a thing that didn't work for you in one. Was it? I Maybe. Don't um, I guess. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. I guess. I still feel like ultimately, like you do have less control yeah. in MGS three just because you're not controlling the motorcycle. But um, yeah, no. Like I still find it closer to the Rex fight than. Especially like MGS two, like MGS two, I just that wasn't even really a boss fight, you know. Like I don't know, it was, it was weird. Yeah, at least at least for me, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Omar, uh... hey, <laughs> I don't know what it would look like. Uh, you pulled the I, like... I did. Yeah, you did. You were like yeah, really. Saw your, we saw your skeleton. It yeah, was yeah, yeah it was pretty wild. Was I making noises? No. Oh, like okay. A couple little blurs, but nothing, nothing major. Oh, okay, you said cool. something about a North American bird. It was very- <laughs> yeah, man. <that> was crazy. <laughs> All right, um, wet worm. <laughs> so, Omar, what do you think of Shagahad? What do you think of this fight? Sure, sure. Uh, I couldn't figure out. I don't know if you guys figured it out, but does that motorcycle actually have warthog controls? Does it like the camera direction where you're facing? Does the motorcycle move wherever you're facing the camera? Or no? It, Maybe it, I don't know. Yeah, I, I it kept felt very thinking, on rails. Okay, okay, because it, it always, sometimes Eva would just be going in circles, and I was like, "Oh, am I doing that? Like, is that me?" Yeah, because like, the Shagohod and the motorcycle would like be turning in the same direction, so like you couldn't get behind uh, at certain points. And I was like, "Well, that was yeah. a wasted opportunity." <laughs> right. Uh, what What else? Oh, I guess I also thought like as a set piece, it was like really impressive, like uh, in terms of like the visuals. Like, I don't know how it would look on a 3ds. <laughs> on 3DS. I'm really curious about that. Like honestly, uh, but but yeah, uh, the actual Shagahov fight I thought was cool. Uh, I liked the RPG stuff, and that's when I I didn't know about the reload mechanic until that. Right? I don't know if you guys talked about that, but the oh, yeah. pressing R2 to reload just instantly, like awesome. E- Jack that's... informed me and Christian. Yeah, that is, yeah. Uh, that's wow. the meta of this fight, dude. Where. Mm-hmm. 
the RPG reload is like five seconds, and then you just which This is breaks the game. Uh, you just unequip and reequip, and your gun's reloaded, ready for you. It's kind of like uh, Kevin might know this from his time in Call of Duty, but yes. if you're uh, you're doing some no scoping with uh, with an interve- intervention, you do a <laughs> oh. YY as the kids call it. Absolutely, you, you don't need to do the bolt pull. You just back uh-huh. in the action. It's a pretty much it's called what a, this. It's called a it's called a reload cancel. You can also do mm. that with a with a by sprinting. You know, you can also do that. Yeah, there's a lot of different ways to Damn. get around that reload animation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one I think is way more egregious. Yeah, RPGs are ready to go. And you just have it was like if you could bypass the javelin reload, like in yeah, two, like this would be it. Like things raining from the skies. Yeah. I honestly spent most of the game actually like kind of wondering like I wonder if there's a reload button because uh, uh, I just I there were cases where I wanted to reload an egg can and I couldn't but I I kind of just assumed that was like a whole like oh it's the Cold War and people want to conserve bullets or something but but yeah that uh, mechanic, mechanic the 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 equip unequip mechanic. I think was even in Metal Gear Solid One and it in was. Metal Gear Solid Two, but it was this was like a very like you could do that in whatever it doesn't really matter all that much, but this is the first situation where you you kind of need to do it, and the game doesn't tell you to do that. Like Zero's not like, hey, unequip and reequip your gun if you want to reload faster. Uh, but if you know, it's kind of like if you know to do that, you you can you should probably do that just to expedite the process. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I know what process I would have liked to expedite, and that's this next thing. <laughs> Kevin, don't you love an escort quest? Love it, love it, especially ones where uh, your comrade is 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 slow for whatever reasons. You know, mm-hmm. enjoyed it. Yep, love it so much. Felt j- just like Last of Us, hundred percent. You know, great. Yeah, no, um, I was pretty shocked. I mean, was I really shocked? I don't think I was really that shocked. It's like, okay, like this is just some bullshit. Here we go. <laughs> like, um, yeah, the I don't. <sighs> why? I just, just, just why? You know, like, what Metal Gear fan is like? Oh yes, please give me this, Daddy. Like, like what? Like, come on now. You know, I where you have to like escort Eva. You have to just waver over every like five or six seconds she's moving like molasses yeah it's not it's not it's not particularly fun yeah i think it's you ask why i think it's another example of maybe kojima just being like why not because i feel like a lot of this game can just boil it down to that right like yeah yeah i guess so i this is my maybe least favorite part of the game mechanically i think um not counting any of the like you know sexism and any of the other bad writing or anything like that but just in terms of mechanics no crouch walk than this there are some serious i feel like sexism with this part too where you go into that cure menu later on or the uh if you need to feed eva and like snake you see his clothes if you want to feed him but eva you just see the bikini mm-hmm. well, it's just fucked up man and- wait really I yeah, didn't even notice that. Oh shit. I think so. I well I think the first time you when you're doing the uh the surgery on her, she's uh-huh. got the coat. But then if you want to give her like when she goes like I'm hungry, you give her a ramen later, you see bikini Eva in the 
in the menu or yes. maybe not the menu but like in the in the surgery thing mm-hmm. right. It was, right it was at this point or maybe at the point where she was flying the plane where the camera panned over to her and she was still dressed like that i'm like dude you are being chased <laughs> like zip up <laughs> yes <Yeah. laughs> obviously kojima's fault but like geez it was just like ridiculous i i couldn't believe that that was the attire that the creators had her wear at this point yeah. it was ridiculous um the note for this section i agree with, with all you guys was uh this is the fucking worst because <laughs> it like i disagree with kevin slightly in the previous section of like the chase where it is very much on metal gear where it is like a very much an action oriented section but i think it's excusable because at that point the game is just ramped up into such like a fast paced section mm-hmm. and uh for the most part i liked it um remind me of uncharted kind of kind of yeah, yeah. um and i i did like that section despite it being sort of different from yeah. the rest of the metal gear sort of formula but mm. um talk about grinding the game to an utter halt uh in this section and then having it right before like this is the last like normal section of the game before the final boss fight yeah and this is the last taste you get of that having to periodically tell eva to follow you um AI mechanics not working all that well. Guards seeing you very easily, uh, for me at least. And then just... I was also worried about not killing anyone because I was going for a, a non-lethal playthrough. Bet you and Eva's just... <laughs> Eva's pulling out her... Uh, um, her gun, and I'm like, do Eva's gun kills count? I looked it up, they don't, but... I'm also tranking people, they're falling in the mud, and I'm like, I don't want them to drown. Uh, it was just... It got to a point where it, the game wanted you to be stealthy, but it was very hard to be stealthy because you, you, their guards were on you very quickly, and Eva was not uh, was not help was not very helpful. She was she kind of wanted to get caught, to be completely honest, and it was not a good section. I agree. I think this is the worst section in the game. Uh, well, what many people would say is probably the best section of the game potentially. Uh, immediately follows this, right? We get our final boss encounter. Um, for uh, that was pun not intended. I, I promise. I've made many this episode. That was not one. Um, I think for Kojima, the the pun was intended. Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, I mean, we. I, I forget who brought it up. It was either Omar or Jack, but like in Metal Gear One. Big Boss is called Big Boss because he's the big boss of the game, right? Like, that's... I think... Yeah. Like, that's fun here, too, right? And I think there's a lot that gets revealed in these final uh, chapters of the game about the boss and her role of everything, but... I don't know where we should start with this. Uh, Was anybody... Because I talked about this a couple times as, like, for our episode wrap-ups... Was anybody else with me of like being very worried about this not being good? I wasn't really caring too much for the boss by this point, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, I think I think uh, she's got a weird way of speaking yeah. in this game or yeah. the dialogue and uh, very silted. Yeah. So um, no, I, I did enjoy it in the end, but yeah, I don't know what you guys think uh, about um, I. The the gameplay of this is is fun enough because I you just for me I was thrown my snow camo blend in the flowers pop out shoot rinse uh wash repeat 
but um, I really like the sort of well, in some ways I did, some ways I didn't. I like the backstory for the boss, um, but I think her character isn't... I don't care about her character until, like, probably the last line of the game, mm-hmm. or probably the last bit of exposition, which is a lot of uh, tell and don't show, which I think Metal Gear is kind of infamous for, but uh, I think it works in the end for this game, at least for the boss's character. Um, I found this a very weird parallel between the boss and uh, uh, Black Widow from Age of Ultron. And it's this weird trend of tying maternity to like a woman's point of existence. And you get the sort of sense that the boss is like, I couldn't get pregnant anymore, so what? what's the point of really caring about anything or anyone anymore? And it's like, that's kind of gross. <laughs> like, if there, It's just weird that obviously a man's writing this and his view of woman is they're they're meant to uh procreate and if they can't do that then what's the point and it's 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 very gross and completely unneeded there was like one line where they address that and it, that was not necessary in this game at all um, jack do you know there's a character in death Stranding called mama yeah i just have to say it yeah i'm sorry yeah. not just surprised. <laughs> so yeah. uh, I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm sorry. I had to say. Uh, no, that's all I had to say. All right. Yeah, I I was definitely worried because I'm with you, Omar, for the majority of this game. I was like, I'm not feeling the boss. <laughs> like, I really yeah. wasn't. But, like, I think in the end it all works out with, you know, the final movie. <laughs> you know, I, th- I feel like... <laughs> I, I honestly, I think the reason that many people probably say that this game is great is because they just kind of nail the ending for they like they nail it that's the one thing they nail i think you know because they're scrambling throughout the entire thing and retroactively it makes some things better but it's what you you said jack it's like a lot of telling and not earning that or showing that um yeah it's literally eva telling you yeah what actually happened i was gonna say mechanically uh i i you know you have to seek you see the boss even though i didn't even feel at this point with the with the way the game me feel better character i i know deep in my heart i have to seek you see the boss so i got my fists out and very easy difficulty right i did it in under five minutes or just over five minutes which means that i didn't get to hear that snake eater song uh oh, during yeah. the boss fight which mm. really pissed me off because i got that Aww. little that little uh glimpse of it and then and then i got the cutscene of the ending of the game but mm. yeah i failed the first time and i got the whole song which awesome. in, a good, in a way was good because I got to hear that. But uh, yeah, the second time I did it, uh, I beat it in under ten minutes. Um, but yeah, the song kicking in was is great. Yeah. yeah, because I think I don't know if you guys touched on this when the the flub happened, but I, I think visually uh, it's well deserving of like being one of the most beautiful set pieces i think in the entire series like it's gorgeous i love the flowers the just the two of them uh the cqc like everything the way it's shot i think even though early in the game we touched a lot on the camera work and that's when i started being worried i was like is the camera work gonna kill that final scene it didn't for me um i i thought thankfully yeah everything came together here um and you know it's recontextualized uh, towards the end, but 
Uh, Kevin, you're the beginner here. You're the one who's seeing this fight for the first time. You finally have to fight the boss. Uh, let's hear. Let's hear. <laughs> I think I think I think Jack, do you recall my quote? Yes. <laughs> the quote <laughs> where after after her long soliloquy and uh, leading into the fact that Snake is going to have to defeat his mentor, <laughs> Kevin goes, "All right, let me hit her with an AK." <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, I start with the AK, right? I start mowing her down because yeah, I, all right, should I have, uh, you know, CQC? Maybe. That's not how we're going to do this. No, we're not. No, sir. No, sir. So uh, I'm hitting her with the AK to start off. And then she takes my AK. I'm like, oh, man. But um, I pick up the AK again, and I pick up only one ammo. I'm like, this is this is not going to be enough. Like, like, So I'm looking through. I remember that I got an LMG. At some point in the game, it had a thousand rounds in this baby. So I'm like, oh, this is this is gonna be it. Like, I'm a killer with this. Like, like, let's go. So uh I had not used this throughout the entire game. Uh so it was a surprise to all of us on stream that uh Snake screams when he's using <laughs> this LMG, like ah like, like, like and, and, and while it's going off. So uh that was a fun time. I definitely enjoyed it. Yeah, one one of the highlights in this game, honestly, I, I I thought that was a really fun, or I definitely made it more fun. I think uh, with the weapon of choice for sure. Um, but the actual set piece, yeah, it's cool. I liked it. I definitely see the appeal. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely the highlights for MGS three for sure. But I think uh, I end up making a very entertaining boss fight for sure, for sure. Definitely did. Yeah, that was amazing. Hell yeah. Um, like what you're saying, Christian, I feel like like this is definitely one of the more memorable Metal Gear moments, but I could t- totally see like a screenshot of the two of them in this field showing up on like a boomer Facebook gamer page yes. and being like, like this if you cried when you first played this. <laughs> like this yeah. if you cried. Oh, man. No, you're, you're completely right. Like day one, I think like we call it a dad game. It's a dad movie game, you know? Like, it's, I mean, I feel like we can crack it open to just the whole ending at this point. Like, free range, um, unless free range there's anything final to say about the boss thing. Like, I don't know if y'all seen that uh, the pachinko machine version of this. Looks real nice. <laughs> like, I don't... Yeah. Oh, um, there is, speaking of the hidden R1s that yes. I talked about, yeah. there's a hidden R1 at this point where... Uh, where uh, the boss's horse comes over, it neighs, looks up, and then you hit R1, and you see the boss and the sorrow fade away together, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I uh... Jack for shouting that out on stream. We we have it recorded. It's on the playlist. He loved to see it. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. I, uh, I I don't really care for the Kojima like super in your face symbolism stuff where I feel like you know all the petals turning to red right after it was like all right I don't know but it does look nice yeah it was a very beautiful battlefield you know their mm. their last battlefield mm-hmm. you know mm. can love uh, bloom it truly can <laughs> it, it tr- love, love and death both at the same time mm. uh. I'll get the other two hidden R1s out of the way, just because I'm talking about it. The When you shake the president or whoever, that 
person is in the White House. You hit R1, you look to the left, it's a, it's a very silly ocelot doing his... As you're, like, right outside the White House, which is ridiculous, but hilarious. And then, at the grave site, I told Kevin not to do this because you had to see the meme. But, when, during the meme of the salute, if you look ahead, you can see the graveyard, and it looks all watery because uh, uh, Snake is crying. So. Oh, damn. Oh, I see, okay. Gotcha, Wait, gotcha. Um, I'm not gonna say this because I, I, it might be something I'm thinking of about another thing. So never mind. I'll ask about this later afterward. The answer is yes, Christian. For this. Mm-hmm. Wait. No, wait. I think oh, I know wait. what you're talking. So about. can I say it? Yeah. Uh, mm, no. Okay. It might spoil. Okay. If, if I think I, mean, I know what you're talking about. Is it like a pedal spoil. type thing? Because we have one pedal on the ground. I think you're talking you about know. another game, right? I think it's another game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. Um. um yeah. So, what? Let's just, let's just talk about the boss first, right? Because we learned that the boss, uh, a true patriot, you know, died for her country, uh, sacrificed herself because of a huge fuck up that they just needed to cover up and have her take the fall for it. Um, which I think is weird because I feel like that is the origin point for Big Boss the way we have been meant to think of Big Boss in 1 and 2 more than any of this game is, right? Because it's like, the Big Boss we know from Metal Gear Solid 1 and 2 uh, does not like the United States uh, is very much like a I'm trying to make my own world order of uh society where people like myself and the boss are celebrated for the heroes they are like this entire game he's just like working for the u.s you know like it's i think that's weird because it it feels like the end of this game like the boss fight to the end end is like that's what people think is great about snake eater i think right like that's it that's what people hold on to and why people say it's the best one yeah i the only character I really cared about by the end of this game, and it was very much at the very end of this game, was Boss. Mm-hmm. Because she is a tragic character of... She was essentially supposed to be doing what Snake was doing and, like, dismantling Shagahod, getting the Philosopher's Legacy, all that sort of stuff. And then, because of Volgan being stupid mm-hmm. <laughs> in Unleashing a Nuke, she basically, like what you said, Christian, has to take the fall. Um... And I think it's a really compelling story. It is very much told to you. uh, But I I think it nails it at the end of the game. But um, the stinger of leaving off on Snake saluting the grave, I was like, I still don't care about this character. And immediately I was like, I kind of need a sequel to this to get into what's going on in Big Boss's uh, brain because... I didn't care about this character throughout the entirety of the game, and now, just now, he's dealing with um, the loss of a mentor and what that means specifically to him, and him having to carry on that legacy, which I think could be interesting. But at the end of this, the game, you're still you still don't have that, and you, I know that's sort of the point of a prequel and in introducing that, but um, holistically, I don't think Naked Snake and Big Boss in this game is an interesting character. And I think he has a lot of room to grow. And uh, I'm interested to see, after playing this, what um, what sequels would, would do for him. 
because I, I, I just didn't get much for him. Jack, that's a really good point about wanting a sequel and, you know, like, the point of prequels maybe aren't always to satisfy everything, but I think what makes it hurt, especially for Big Boss, is, like, prequels work when it's showing you a character you've seen before. We, we've never seen Big Boss, you know? Like, we played Metal Gear Solid and Metal Gear Solid 2. We saw the clones of Big Boss. We never saw Big Boss. Like, we never... I know, like, timeline-wise... we haven't. Right, yeah. yeah. Timeline-wise, in Metal Gear and Metal Gear 2, sure. But, like, even then, from, like, what I've seen of those games, Big Boss is not characterized, really, <laughs> in any way, you know? No. So, like, it feels like we're just... I think maybe the issue is this game because you're introducing big boss really for the first time to a, a, the audience because not many people played the original ones that are all the fans of solid right like i think it's acting as a prequel to solid when it should be acting as like a this is our first step type thing because like we don't know what this guy becomes other than he died before metal gear solid one and he's a bad guy right and he inspired all these other people. Yeah. Um, I think th this game only saves itself in the fact that the boss's story ended up being interesting. Mm -hmm. um, and the legacy of the boss is forever now ingrained in Big Boss. Um, we don't get that in this game. We get the introduction of that. Mm -hmm. And it very much scratches the surface of what Big Boss's character could potentially become. But we don't know that yet, and I do, in a sense, I like how you are sort of unsatisfied with that at the end of the game, mm -hmm. um, but I don't think the rest of the game speaks to that at all. Yeah. Uh, it, it really only comes together in the very end. Um, but overall, I think the game is largely unsatisfying. I think, I feel like if it was like, you know, if this was, for instance, like a Solid Snake prequel or something, and when I was like, Kojima's like, hey, this is how Solid Snake became horny. Like, <laughs> I feel like giving this game, like, uh, you know, a largely unestablished character means that they had a lot of room to, you know, a fresh characterization. Like, for to solve the prequel problem of, you know, filling in gaps, uh, I feel like this is cool because they can, they kind of almost have a blank slate in a lot of ways. But they don't do anything too interesting with that blank slate, I feel like. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't know how I, I don't know, guys. Like, I remember the first episode, I was like, okay, this is probably Big Boss. And if this game just ends up being just like, oh, at the end, like, <laughs> dude, you nailed it. Is Big Boss, like, damn, like, that's going to be kind of underwhelming. And, like, I, I think that's mostly true. Like, it, uh, I don't know. Like, I, I definitely feel Jack on like, okay, because I was thinking all, like a lot last night, like I hope they, you know, do a lot of, um, you know, explaining like perhaps, uh, you know, uh, big bosses, um, you know, pain that he might feel or like some sort of sadness or guilt or something like that, uh, whatever comes next. And I think now it's pretty clear that, MGS four and MGS five is big boss, right? Is that something that I should just let? So far, Kevin Miller saw one, there? two, and three were different protagonists, right? So yeah, yeah. 
I mean, eye patch. I don't know. Maybe maybe there's multiple people that have eye patches. I guess you know. Um, but uh, but yeah. So okay. So maybe I should have just assumed that. But that's well, my likely your guess, suspicion. To be honest, you know <laughs> yeah. I yeah. I honestly want to know what Kevin thinks. What you Kevin think of what the next game will be? Because at this point, it's probably like well, I don't know. <laughs> like. Okay, I, I would know what to think of yeah. what a sequel Do, to this franchise would be. Right yeah, now. so it's Guns of the Patriots. I think they made the point that the philosophers were the old name, yeah, of what we of what we would call the Patriots now. The Patriots right? are like the American offset of the philosophers. That yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and the boss was the American like. Uh, like player i guess for the them. she was yes. a descendant of yeah. the fosters i believe yeah, yeah like she she was yeah. the like the the one that's it sprouted from right on the american right. side yeah yeah um yeah there's a where i think we're going here ah man like i assume we're going oh wait no didn't the end of the credits say something like um Shit. Uh, the last like timeline thing. What was that? In the nineteen seventy-two. Yeah. Oh, the the is it the the Le Font Terrible project? Yeah. yeah. yeah so I, I'm assuming now we're gonna see okay, like maybe how or like how they cloned Big Boss and stuff like that. Like I bet that's probably a big portion of MGS4. I'm assuming. Um. Yeah, that's that's okay. So there's that. Uh, are we gonna run into Alakan's, I guess, father or grandfather, or maybe both? You know, um, there's that. I know I keep calling out Alakan, but you know, MGS3 maybe loses points because there's no Alakan as far as I'm aware. You know, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe loses a, loses a few points. I don't know. So know? do we want to touch on some of like the I don't know if all of these things are theories, but like, I, I don't know how much of this stuff is confirmed. But like, isn't there a theory about the boss having birthed someone? Like, yeah, that... I actually had to double check Christian because I didn't know that was revealed later on. But it's actually revealed by Kojima himself in the director's commentary for Metal Gear Solid Three: The Extreme Box, or whatever, <laughs> released in two thousand four. Mm-hmm. So there is an answer. Should we say it? You want to say it? I mean, I think is it can. said in the games? Is it said uh, in the games? It was it was out there by Kojima in two thousand four, and I don't think it was said in the game ever again. I don't think any, this okay. is ever touched on, but yeah, I think so. Eva has a conversation with you on Codec at one point about the boss having fuck. I I told the story wrong. Uh, there's a conversation with uh, apologies. Uh, there's a conversation with Eva at one point who says, uh, uh, I think Snake asks her about Ocelot. And Eva says, I hear he's the son of some legendary war hero. And I think it's implied to you that Ocelot is the son of the boss. And then in the DVD commentary or whatever, uh, it is revealed uh, that Ocelot is the son of the boss and the sorrow. Hmm. What the fuck? And I think she gave birth on a battlefield. I think that was part of it too. Yeah, that's what you said, which I'm yeah. like, damn. I Queen, go ahead. <laughs> like shot to you. Because <laughs> that, that seems like a lot. Um, but okay, that's for for a second I thought they were gonna pull a oh, 
Naked Snake is the son of a uh, boss, and that's like that because uh, Eva says like, oh, like there's like a deep re- re- relationship between you two that I don't yeah. know if I'll ever like understand. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh wait, is that what she meant? Like a like a like a like a mother son type dynamic. Um, but okay, Ocelot is the kid of the boss. Okay, that's that's interesting. Okay, huh? Right. So. There's a, a little more with Ocelot at the end of the game as well. Um, specifically, the post credits. I, I, I don't know if we want to talk about that right now, but um, we're really jumping around. Uh, yeah, because yeah, there's the whole um, Ocelot plane thing um, that I thought was going to end up being a lot cooler, but it was kind of stupid. I was no, like, dude, I don't know. When you guys talk about nailing the ending, I feel like they got really close, but then there's some dumb gags in there in the middle that are just like, ah, you didn't, you didn't need to. You, yeah. Didn't yeah. have to. I, I think like, maybe not nailing it, but they put a pin in the point of the boss story, and I think in a very sure. solid way. You know? I yeah. I think anything from Snake walking in, accepting the title of Big Boss, like very resigned to that. Like he was uh he pretty much did not want to be there to the graveyard scene, I think was next to perfect. Um uh, despite the we could use someone for our sneaking missions or the like very telegraphed exposition. Mm-hmm. Um I think that is nearly perfect. Because like you get you get the sense of without Snake ever saying anything in those scenes. I'm pretty sure he stopped saying stuff once he's like listening to the Eva recording. Um I think the fact that he was fucked over by Eva um when he trusted her and the fact that he learns the boss's like true story and true mission and having to live with that going forward, I think that's next to perfect. Um, which is saying something because this game uh, has a lot of issues. But yes, I, I agree uh, with w- what Christian said, where I, I do think they nailed at least that section of this ending. Would Big Boss have been a stronger character throughout this game if he didn't talk as much at all, really? <laughs> Well, he doesn't talk too much, though. I, I, like. I even less, <laughs> like, even less. Say less. Um. Well, I think when he, I think it is cool when he doesn't like speak at all during that last boss fight. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that's a neat. Yeah, me too. Um. But otherwise, I think I think you know we've seen stuff with Kojima like exploring these ideas of like, you know, protagonists that talk way less than Snake. Like I think Norman Reedus talked way less than Snake in Death Stranding. Like, I, I don't think he nails it a lot. I, I think he's really good at when the character is likable and having conversations with them. Mm-hmm. But I, I kind of feel like uh, a lot is missing when the character is not talking that much. With with these games specifically, I, I would like more talking from the main character. Then, I guess. Maybe a better option would have been, like, I know Kojima wanted Kurt Russell for the for Big Boss. Like, maybe just... Maybe that would have been better, you know? Because, like, I, I think if you remove a lot of that big boss characterization that's so tied to snake in the early hours like you i think you would have been able to set him up as this very different character not really being compared that much to the the one we all love and then like he's a soldier you know like he's not really supposed to be questioning things don't have him talk to many people just be like yes sir no sir and then by the end it's like if you want to have him you know be dead silent in the boss fight i think that's really effective but you know, like if he's if that's how he's been born and raised, that's how he'll react to the boss fight. So sprinkle that more throughout the rest of the game. I, I think you're right, Christian, and I, I think this is what we need to talk about. But David Hayter is like bad in this game. Like, yeah. it, maybe it's not his fault. Maybe this is a voice direction thing or the script. I, probably it's not his fault actually. But like, 
you know, I don't think it's... Yeah, it's not a great performance. It's like, I think he's trying to do something more subdued, too, which it seems like it's needed for this game, but I I think it um, doesn't come across quite well. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know. Kevin, what do you think Um, about Jack or Gennato? No, sorry. Go for it. Yeah, no, I... I hadn't really thought about that, but, like, I guess that would and likely did add a lot to, like, my resentment towards Naked Snake. And, like, I don't really think he's really that interesting overall. Um, and, like, I think maybe subconsciously that was me, like, wishing that when I heard Naked Snake talk, I wish that the words and the way he was talking was, like, Solid Snake, mm-hmm. just based off just the same voice actor, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and, of course, looking the exact same as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't see... Yeah. I see I see that point now. Right, right. Where I bet it would have benefited and, like, helped a lot of, like, this, like, prequel that is telling the backstory of a character that we've never met before. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, that specific instance. Having a different... Having a different voice actor, like, I think would have would have probably made more sense. Yeah, yeah. overall. Um, yeah, yeah. And and I think I'm with Omar in terms of, like, I I don't think it was maybe his fault. I think it was maybe just, like, the direction that they gave him yeah. in terms of the lines, for sure. Um, but, yeah, yeah. Overall, like, I still... Like, I think he's a little bit more interesting now that he no longer has the boss and he is big boss i think that makes him a little bit more interesting but i just wish i as a new player to the series like i wish i was more intrigued by him earlier in the game you know as opposed to just thinking like he was just kind of boring i think in some ways he's kind of an asshole in some ways in the game um and yeah yeah Jack, I don't know if you were going to bring this up when you were going to say something, but, like, I that might be the point, but even if it is, I don't know if it's, like, good, right? Because, like, he's he's been a villain looming in the background of 1 and 2, right? Like, he's not present, but, like, you still feel the effects of him in the villains of 1 and 2. So, like, he's meant to be a bad guy, but, like, I don't know how well that translates to this, you know? There are characters in like games and media that you're supposed to dislike who is the protagonist but it's conveyed effectively um i was trying to think of many i couldn't come to the top of my head but uh joel from the last of us is the first person i thought of Mm -hmm. where throughout the events of that game you realize he's not a good person um he and he's selfish but in the end you can argue that um in, in that regard that was a good thing but uh that's a protagonist throughout that whole game who is largely unlikable and is He's only you only like him because of his interactions with Ellie, um, but with Naked Snake turning into Big Boss, I think maybe it was purposeful that you weren't supposed to like him throughout the game. Um, but I don't think it was very. I don't think it was conveyed effectively. It, he comes off very inappropriate, largely in a lot of scenes, and lacks any interesting characterization. Only until the very end of the game and. In it, in terms of Metal Gear Solid Three, Big Boss, um, I don't think he's a very compelling character. Yeah, I, I think we're pretty much all on the same page when it comes to Big Boss. Um, personally, I'm looking forward to seeing like further 
uh, developments on where we see uh, his character here. Like, because I'm wondering, because, like, I don't know if it's a spoiler to say that we see Big Boss again at some point, but I don't remember not liking him then in these other instances. Like, I... I, I, I don't know what that's because of but I, th I think in this game I really found myself like really maybe maybe it was the writing maybe it was the performance maybe I just maybe it's because I'm wishing it was solid snake but even if that's the intent I am with you Jack I don't think it's effective I th I think it's because the reason you didn't like him in points where you see him again is because he's a completely different character at that point right yeah. like mm -hmm. he's completely changed by and in that regard that characterization is effective where he's changed by the end of this game and he's a new person but throughout the whole game he's largely unlikable yeah. and yeah. i know that that was the direction his character was taken um but even that unlikability is not enjoyable mm -hmm. in in a lot of other protagonists that you're supposed to not like um but yeah like i said earlier i think there's a lot of room to grow for his character um cuz i agree i don't remember disliking big boss mm -hmm. and i cool. i really did not like him in this game for the most part i, I honestly think uh we're having pretty unique takes on this because i i think on the internet or the takes i usually read people, people really like this character or this in this game like i feel like people really feel for him at the end of it too i think uh, it's because of the end because they're latching on the to, the, to I, what they're left sure. with it is the best part of his character yeah and that's it <laughs> I would love to talk to someone that like will rather die for MGS three. Like yeah, I man. just I, do that's... not see it. I do not get it. Like I don't I get think... how this is anywhere near or remotely better than MGS one or two. Like it's don't not... get it. <laughs> like don't. Get I think it we at all. we all probably had that thought of finishing this game and being like we were talking about this in your chat last night, Kevin, being like. I don't get how you play the first two Metal Gear Solid games and play this game and come away this one being far and above because that's largely the sentiment of most Metal Gear Solid players <laughs> that MGS3 is the best one. Yeah, And that's maybe crazy. it's because we didn't play it after the bait and switch of Metal Gear Solid 2. Maybe hindsight has ruined this game, but I think I think people should go back and play this game because no, yeah. I can guarantee you it's not as good as they think it is. Jack, I have a tweet in my drafts saying just that like i really think honestly we talked a lot about metal gear solid needing a remake right that game is perfect don't touch it metal gear solid 3 do that again try it try again you know like use the 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 fox engine konami just like redo this cut it out get somebody in here that is a run-of-the-mill person who knows how to just tell a story of a military thing i think it'll be a better attempt at what this was supposed to be honestly because <laughs> Go ahead. You know, it, it like, exists, right? <laughs> like, it was yeah. probably out there. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm sorry. You go ahead. Yeah. I just, ah, man. I, like, I, I really think that this game did not age well. I, because even when I played it originally, right? Like, I played it for the first time in 2015, days before 5. Like, I had a good time with it, but it was because I was like, oh, I'm excited to learn about this character going into this game, you know? Like, the timing, I think, of when I played this was a big part of that. But, and again, that was my first experience with it. But, you know, with the later games and the improvements they make mechanically, I look at Arkham Asylum this way also kind of. Like, I love Arkham Asylum. It was my favorite at the time. And then 
I still love that game so much for so many reasons, but there's so many simple improvements that are made mechanically with these later games that going back to that one just is like, this isn't as great as I thought it was. See, I played uh, Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3 for the first time in like 2011. Mm-hmm. And even then, I was like pretty underwhelmed by 3 after 2. Mm-hmm. And on the concept of like the point of like it didn't age well, like I, I wasn't there in 2004, but I can't imagine that I would have been happy playing this either back then in terms of like where Metal Gear Solid 2 went and then getting this. I, I think I would have, you know, felt pretty miffed about it. But I, I don't know. I really feel like this game, I found difficulty trying to find what this game was trying to say, because Metal Gear Solid 1 and Metal Gear Solid 2 had something to say about the world and society in uh, Metal Gear Solid 2's case, but at the end of this, finishing this game, I'm like, what? Is, what what's the point of this game in com- comparison to the first two games? Because I, I feel like, I feel like it wasn't saying as much as the previous Metal Gear games were. Um, and I want to say, though, we're very negative about this game. I think that is, for me at least, I think that is in comparison to the previous Metal Gear games we've played. Overall, I think this is a really, really good game. Um, I wouldn't say great, but I think it is a really good game, um, especially when you think about it like in terms of this game came out in 2004, and on a base level is very impressive in terms of the cutscenes they were showing and uh, the gameplay improvements from Metal Gear Solid 2. Um, the only other games I'm looking at, I looked at 2004 in gaming, were the the ones that are sticking out to me are Half-Life 2 and Halo 2. Um, but games just like weren't really doing this formula as much as Metal Gear Solid was. Like the the cinematic formula wasn't didn't really catch on until after the Metal Gear Solid games. I feel um, into the late 2000s. So. On a base level, like for people who are listening to this thinking that we're crazy, uh, I understand. I think this is a really good game, but mostly in regard to the previous two Metal Gear games, I don't think this game holds a candle to this. Like, I think before the latter sequence, I think the game can probably be called bad. Right. Like, I think I think I would comfortably say that to be honest. But like this made it like a lowercase good game for me. Like, it, I it's acceptable. I like 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 it's a thing, you know. Like, like it's it's definitely a part of the Metal Gear story. Um, but I wish I walked away like Metal Gear Solid Two mm-hmm. of like this like transcends like gaming as a as a medium like like what like you know um and this and like i know it it wasn't even trying to do anything to that extent but just like purely even like talking about it from like a game's perspective i had way more better of a time gameplay wise playing metal gear solid 2 than metal gear solid 3 you know Like, like like this this feels like a weird step back where i'll just call it a good game because it has really cool set pieces, and I think its music ends up being really well. I just hate that that the music is so good at the end that why isn't that throughout the majority of the game? Didn't want to get caught. Yeah, it's, it's a, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, it's. I'll say it's a good game, but I don't think it's anything near great or anything near MGS one or two. So. Yeah, I. I think like. Two, I don't even feel comfortable comparing this to two that much. I think I 
a lot of the time when I was playing this game, I was comparing it to one because I think two reaches for the moon uh, and lands it. Uh, I think Metal Gear Solid reaches for the stratosphere and is really good. And I think this game can be compared to that because like Metal Gear Solid 1 is making commentary on, you know, just like how military industrial complex works and just like uh, nukes and the fear of technology which I think like it has something to say. This game retroactively is saying stuff about the Cold War, kind of, but it's more saying things about, I guess, Metal Gear, kind of. But like, I think my biggest thing with it is that it, I don't think it gets good until this chunk we just played. And even then, it's like a, a little bit into what we played. So for the first five hours, it's like, it functions, it's fine, it's serviceable, I don't like it. Um, but the, you know, again, the good part, I do like, I do like parts of this game. I think it has good set pieces. Um, like Kevin said, I like the music. I think it's a good looking game for the time it came out. Um, I think it's an interesting next step where I'm sure at the time, the reason why it was so beloved is because like you said, episode one, Omar, it kind of like created a genre. So like people were probably just like so caught up in that and the idea of the people that hated two got the simple, straightforward story with all these new interesting mechanics. I bet that's what sold it for so long, you know? So even if people were, um, cause I like at the time, if I was seeing this game when it came out, like Jack said, I'd probably be swept up in it too. of just like survival and like this game looks so good, but story-wise narratively i think it's not even the same like stadium as uh the other two well i i think it's really tough to say something has aged when like you weren't there to play it yeah like at the time because i really don't know how i'd feel like i right now i think i'm i'd be playing alo 2 or something <laughs> with the boys yeah but <laughs> like um I, I I went looking at the Metacritic scores or whatever for this game as it released in 2004, and I thought of it was very positive. Uh, a ton of them were saying like uh, the the mechanics have been refined from two, some of the best boss battles in the series. I saw frequently. I I do wish I had a time machine to see what it was like, mm-hmm. but I do not. The best boss battles in the series, huh? He <laughs> was saying that. I saw. I mean, not everyone, but I saw a couple blurbs like that. Hmm. But um. Interesting. I mean, I did see one review that was like a 50 or something that okay. had similar concerns to us where it was like, uh, uh, the dialogue in this game is bad, <laughs> which is what someone said. But I was like, yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, overall, like, I, I don't think this is a bad game. I think it's a very good game. Um, but I think this game deserves a replay in a different way that Metal Gear Solid 2 deserves a replay. Because yeah. so many people bagged on that game when it came out. And again, like what Omar was saying, I don't know how I would have felt about that game if I was a Metal Gear Solid fan. Because most most Metal Gear Solid fans are like, I don't like playing as this whiny Raiden dude and where's Solid Snake. And I think people were more, more upset about like aesthetic things back then of not being able to play as a certain character. Um... Whereas, like, Raiden can do the same exact moves and cooler moves, like, jumping around than uh, Snake can. Um, and I, I think people just didn't want to be, like, messing around with back then. But I think Metal Gear Solid 2 deserves a replay because uh, it is weirdly timely, and the story is strangely uh, ages well in a very sad way, honestly. Uh, 
but I think Metal Gear Solid 3 does not age very well, and I think people should re-examine that game, because I'm sure nostalgia will play into it, but um, I remember enjoying this when I first played it, and now with hindsight, and now with playing them so close together, uh, this is my least Metal Gear Solid, my least favorite Metal Gear Solid game so far. Yeah, it's it's bottom for me at the moment as well. Um, and I, I think with the way... Because Metal Gear Solid isn't a super relevant series right now, right? Um, <laughs> no, it's in the fucking gutter. <laughs> yeah. But I, I do think that there is still some sort like air of... People look at 2 and they think it's pretentious, kind of. But... And I don't know what their favorite would be if they think that. But, like, I just... I don't see how in any way this is better because I think in 2021 like exactly what you said Jack I think everyone who swears by this game should replay it if they want to keep saying it's the best one and like just because from a simple level I do think one of the first points I made about this back a couple weeks ago was like I I think the third person camera thing kind of screwed them on it like I think if they locked it to top-down still it would have been at least mechanically more sound because i had a blast playing one i had a blast playing two i think those games still control and play well and here they go for it but it's like a half step of going for it and then we got to it with later entries so like picking up this one it's a weird in-between it's like sure i guess you like we're important for like the future of the series of some instances but like picking you up again it's like what are you doing that's special much like a game like a link to the past i just don't think that it's like it's held up it's resting on its laurels in the fan base i think people should revisit it because two like you're all saying two i think shines and even one but um we got two rankings out the gate does anybody else want to throw out what they're thinking for snake eater oh let's do a full ranking real quick christian sorry Mm -hmm. you and i um so mine would be three at number three one at number two and two at number one i'm the exact same same yeah i'm at two one three. some days honestly some days i might like one more than two but i think overall like like two two's gameplay is just such a step up over mm-hmm. i'm just one for me personally um so yeah like definitely more days than not it's mgs2 and then one and then three I definitely get what you're saying, though, Kevin. Because, like, I still... I think one is my favorite scenario of the entire Dude, series. it's so good. I I miss it. Yeah. I miss it so much. Like, I miss it so much. Genuinely, yeah. with the hindsight of the entire series, so I think cool. on a scenario level, I, I still think one's the best, despite two outclassing it in many other ways. So I, I, I still rank two higher, but I do think, like you're saying, one's got the vibes. and like One is really special. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, now I see, like, how you unique the first Metal Gear Solid felt mm-hmm. you know like it has a very specific flavor to it that like I miss it yeah I miss go it. back to the podcast episodes Kevin and listen to what you said back then yeah dude regret what you said what did I say yeah you hated it. it you're pooping all over that fucking thing yeah, yeah I, that. What you gave it. I had to defend yeah. that game yeah yeah no I, yeah. I I'm hearing it be I did I did talk a lot of shit replay Metal Gear Solid like, 2 yeah, now like removed from it, I really do miss it. <laughs> and, and, like, I, I, and, and I do think it was great. Yeah. Now, 
It just yeah. it just took a while to to uh, taste the wine, I suppose. You know, mm-hmm. see, but. I think I feel like Metal Gear Solid One is brilliant, and then I feel like Two is also brilliant, and then you play Three, and then I reconsider the series. <laughs> like, what happened? <laughs> was was Metal Gear Solid Two a fluke in how good it is? And because I feel like <laughs> for me with Kojima personally, I feel like Three is the beginning of the end for me with a lot of his his a lot of his shtick, like. This is kind of where, you know, I I consider him less the crazy, brilliant game director and more like a uh, weirdo pervert. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, it's not just that. I think, like, the actual, like, directing and, and you know, like, I think Miller saw 1 and 2, I think, are legitimately funny games. And 3, it's not funny. And there are so many scenarios where it could be funny, but he just doesn't write the jokes or he writes bad ones. But two, like, you know, Raiden is always, like, you know, making a reference or pointing out how absurd it is. And I think it really works. I, and I, I don't know. Omar, I'm trying what, to think What's your to... ranking, Omar? What's up? What's your ranking? Oh, uh, two, one, three. Uh, yeah. Oh, so I think, I think that's all of us then. Yeah, yeah. so that's the it, universal for the... We're continuing on the, the Long Play Club ranking. It is two at number one, then one, then three. But I'm excited you guys for, like for next game because yeah. I think that will throw some wrenches and some things. Definitely. So I'm so curious, Jack. I'm excited because this is the first Metal Gear Solid on PS3, right? So mm-hmm. so this mm-hmm. is definitely, and I think the only one, right? The only Metal Gear yeah. Solid on PS3. And you can play five. five. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Right. Revenge. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh right. There's Revenge. Well, that's not MGS, Christian. Sorry, MGR. <laughs> Um, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm excited to just see like what it looks like and was, what it plays like, especially. You know, I'm very excited. Wasn't yeah. four used to like showcase the PS3 Omar? Like, was it, it was before? a real tech demo. Yeah, yeah. really? Yeah, oh, it's so. awesome. Get excited! It's gonna be cool. Um, okay, yeah, and I mean, because like the only thing I've seen. Uh, is the logos because I gather the wallpapers and logos for the stream series for for the streams like way in advance just to have them ready. Um, there's like different like font iconography with with this one like like it, I, I'm I'm expecting maybe like a very different vibe perhaps mm-hmm. you know so so yeah, yeah so it, it's uh, wait let me let me look at the wallpaper I chose for this I bet why are you looking for that ones. yeah go ahead I'll just say. Kevin, I'm going to be there for the first 10 minutes of your Metal Gear Solid 4 stream, and I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to have a great time. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ooh, wait. I actually like one. this wallpaper, actually. Here, look. I'm going to send it here in the chat. Because okay. uh, oh, also attached is the Zemo cut. They released the Zemo cut. I was going to put that afterwards. But, uh, but yeah. Okay, yeah. That's a cool-looking wall. Okay. I'm excited for that. I'm excited. So Interesting. I... I... There was one like I we haven't touched on the post credits thing at all. I don't know well, if you want to do that now or There's a few things like the look I wanted to mention about the ending of the game. To yeah, be yeah, yeah, cuz like uh, okay, should I just run through them real quick? Sure, just run through them. All right. So there's one moment I want to say that I thought was really good and that is when uh Snake is holding the Patriot up to the boss, right? For that last shot. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that is um you could uh press the shop button or something to accelerate that. So I kind of let it hang for like a minute and a half. And I thought that was a reference to, forgive me guys, uh, the Neon Genesis Evangelion anime <laughs> from the 90s. Hugely influential in Japan. There's one scene where a big mech robot is holding a guy in his fingers and they just freeze frame that one image for like 90 seconds. And you think your TV is broken. <laughs> and 
a similar thing here. I just thought that was awesome. Uh, then I, I think we should probably mention the whole like Eva being an agent for the for China. Did we talk about that? Not really. But well, I thought that was cool, and it made me almost consider like, oh, maybe she is. Was she just using the sex to charm Big Boss? Was that the whole thing? So yeah. is is that should we excuse the horniness because there was a point to it? I mean, <laughs> no. no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jack, a hard no. Hard Kojima, no. Could, spoilers, Kojima's going to do that again yeah. um, in a different way. But, like, I don't think having shitty representation uh, for the majority of a game is justified by having a reason for it. Because it's still, by the end of the day, it's shitty representation. Even though but, it's like, oh, because X, Y, and Z, this is why she's she is dressed like that. It's like, is it though? Or are you just, did you create this character and then find a reason for it? Because I think that's more like that, that one happens later. But I, I do think that there's oh, yeah. something to say of like, I, I, Omar did a, who wrote Bayonetta? Uh, I don't Kamiya? know. I know Hideki Kamiya directed it, but okay. I'm not sure. It, a, a man, that's a man-made game by men, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. But with Bayonetta, at least from the like, I've read things about Bayonetta and like think pieces and stuff. But like, people are cool with Bayonetta because like, it's written in a way where she owns it. So like, I could she s- owns it, and it's like ridiculous and dumb. Like, I think I think the sexualization the sexualization in that game isn't to make you horny; it's to just be like ridiculous. Yeah, so I think there's a world where Eva has all the reasons to justify it and it'd be okay because she could have agency over it, but it's bungled. Sure. I think you're right. And let me be clear, I wasn't saying that as oh, yeah. something I yeah. But um No. Uh I do I think that cutscene's pretty awesome where uh, Snake is smoking that cigar mm-hmm. and then that tape recording bust. I think it's great. I uh, yeah. We didn't really touch on that though, but I do love that they very specifically uh, make the differentiation between uh, Solid Snake and Big Boss because Big Boss smokes cigars. I like that a lot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think that's fun. Uh, I my one last thing I really was desperate to bring up was uh, I think that scene with Snake meeting the president, Big Boss, and then getting the title like "You are better than the boss. You are Big Boss." And knowing that this is just him explaining the name of some obscure uh, NES game character pains me in a way. <laughs> like I, <laughs> I, I don't think you need to explain that. I don't think you need to... the whole premise from, for this game is almost just flawed to me. Like, why did you make this? Mm-hmm. I, I think Black Ops is a better Metal Gear Cold War game, to be honest. <laughs> like, I, why did I bring up Black Ops. You brought up Black Ops to me. We were talking mm-hmm. about Final Fantasy VII. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. But like, imagine, dude. Imagine oh, if Kojima God. wrote Reznov in that game. Like, what if I we had the Reznov made, in here? Wow. Like, oh. wouldn't that be cool? Oh my! I can really tell we have similar thoughts about Black. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. I used that to explain. So, oh man. Yeah. Good times. Shout out to Black. That guy's awesome. Shout outs. Uh, ten out of ten. But, but yeah, I think you know, not to get too into about Kojima later on, but I think he gets. I feel like Metal Gear Solid 2 is really good at not telling you everything. It tells you a lot, but lets you think about things for yourself. Mm-hmm. And then I think Kojima, with like some of these actions in this game, he just gets into explaining his lore so much. Or like, it's just why? I don't need it. I just let me think about it or just forget that this character existed. I don't, I don't know. 
Yeah, because like, I think I know the answer to why it exists. You know, like one exists yeah. to make commentary about you know the turn of the century, sort of, and the nuclear stuff, and just sort of just making a game of that because that hasn't been a game before. And two, you're making a commentary on the digital age and all that stuff, and at the same time criticizing the first game. Three exists to be a Metal Gear game. Like that's it. That's the re- the reason they made it, you know. And Omar, I know you brought this up. I think with both games so far, but like Kojima's always wanted to get out of Metal Gear. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know, um, you know. Because again, I uh, this is the last time I'll bring this up right now. I, I I swear, but like Metal Gear Solid Two is so good about being a sequel and what that means. And I think three just really does feel like a almost a factory made not factory. It has heart to it, but like you know, it's. More Metal Gear, more Metal Gear for you fans, mm-hmm. like, and it's reactionary it. too. Yeah, yeah. Like I, it, this game wasn't made in the same way that Metal Gear Solid Two was made as a sequel to Metal Gear Solid One. Like this is very much like people didn't like certain things about the second game, the, and like the developers knew that, and going into that, they they took that in mind, and that's very clear in what this game turned out to be. For some people, that is a very good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, for us, it seems like it, it was not. Yeah, I think, because mainly, and this is the last thing I'll say about this, but, like, it just screams of fan service, and even within this series, they've done fan service so much better. Like, I I cannot wait to play the next game, I will say that. <laughs> That's all I'll say about <laughs> my thoughts on 3. Hmm. But, um... Should we talk about the post credit scene before we wrap up? Because that's pretty major. You got Ocelot getting a little bit of insight into him again. Being a triple agent. Yeah. Again, like, just kind of being complex for the sake of it. <laughs> like, Yeah, I was Adam the whole time. Okay? I, I almost said that in, like, our first or second episode. I almost I said that. I'm surprised you remembered that. Yeah, yeah like, I totally forgot that. Yeah. Blew me back, because I remember telling the stream, like... Did we ever figure out who Adam was? Like literally <laughs> earlier in the stream, Kevin, you asked that. You yeah, were like <laughs> I was like, I maybe he was here. Honestly, I I I know there was a Adam Denska that was said, right? And I'm like, okay, that's that's oddly close to Adam a little bit, right? It has Adam in it, you know. Um, but yeah, Oslo being Adam was, uh, huh? Yeah, I was uh quite interesting. Yeah. Sure. And that's why I like, I brought this up earlier in this episode, the fact that Ocelot's always like, let me take care of him. And he always fucks up. And Kevin, you're like, the last straw, why can't this guy do it, right? Like, he's not trying to. He's trying to make cover, you know? And he's still young enough where I think he can make it seem like a flub and be okay with it and walk away. But the whole time, he never wanted to kill him, you know, because he was his guy. So In that plane uh when you pick up the revolvers right you got two choices mm-hmm. i think i took the one on the left and then that meant i didn't shoot i shot aside from ocelot right i don't know if that's how it is for every pickup or is that I, went, I went with the left one and i was able to shoot but there was a blank yeah the left one always has the blank yeah has uh, a blank yeah okay Does maybe the I right, the right one the right so the right one is always empty oh, and okay. the left one always has the blank um, I thought no like, matter whether you're shooting at directly at his chest or like off to the side. When I first played it, I made sure to shoot off to the side, even though I know he wasn't gonna kill him. Um, just to make sure, I, like preserve that. 
uh, count, but yeah, but uh, yeah, that's just always how it is. Okay, I uh, see. I thought I thought I could have sworn like a bullet pierce on a side or something, but no, I guess not. Um, yeah, weird choice in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that sort of places Ocelot in an interesting point by the end of the game because right, like his mother was the boss. She was kind of the first patriot. Uh, after this game ends, the patriots are formed. We see Ocelot in one and two being the double agent potentially well i mean in two ocelot's just straight up he's like i'm an agent of the patriots right like that's his deal in two well you remember the boss's baby was taken by the patriots right or uh or what, not sorry well, the um philanthropy no, yeah philanthropy. right though that philanthropy is taken philosophers in this one yeah was that it right i think so yeah so and that, that would make sense why he's with the russia because the philosophers were the Russian version of the Patriots, so yeah, yeah. Um, I I don't know if this is answered, but I know like in the end credit we get like the Patriots are formed. Haven't the Patriots? Didn't we learn in Metal Gear Solid Two that the Patriots have been dead for like hundreds of years? That was I was thinking about this. That was the Wise Men's Council, which were oh, okay. agents of the Patriots. But I believe that yes, that is a mystery that is out there now because if the Patriots okay. were formed in the twentieth century. What does that mean? Gotcha. The Wiseman's Committee. Yeah. Or Council, sorry. Uh, game's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, is there anything I'm missing about the implications of that Otacon thing? Or not Otacon, sorry, the Ocelot thing? I was barely following it, to be honest. Like, I, I didn't know like, what was happening. I feel like it's more setup than anything. Yeah. Like, it's just like, you know Ocelot is going to be doing this in the future. <laughs> uh, I guess put it at the end of the game, because... That's what we did in the first one. So, mm-hmm. I'm, yeah. Oh, uh, so Eva stole the philosopher's legacy for China. That's a fake. Um, so China doesn't have the philosopher's legacy. The U.S. does, and he was an agent of the CIA, essentially. Uh, which is weird. That's I. I mean, I guess that makes sense, being secret agents and all. But like him and Snake have the same boss, <laughs> essentially. Deep cover, Jack. Deep, deep cover. Yeah, nobody knows. <laughs> exactly. But. I, I do like that too, you know, because like you're meant to, you know, sort of trail off about Ocelot and Big Boss because you know in Metal Gear Solid One, Ocelot thinks very highly of Big Boss. They were buds. They worked together for all those years, and uh, we see them sort of reach a point at the end of this game where like, hey, maybe uh, sometime soon they're gonna squat up. <laughs> it's nice. I like that. Part. Uh, that stinger after the Ocelot finishes speech where it's like brown out. Wait, that's James Bond. But it does something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it would no, it was exactly that. I thought it was, <laughs> was just, it, I thought it was, was like it exactly James Bond song? Bond thing. Oh, okay. It sounded exactly like the James Bond yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, well that explains it. Uh yeah. Uh really dumb. I kinda liked it. Actually, no, I hated it, but it was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, um Do we wanna run through end screens? Jack? Oh yeah. I know you're eager. Let's hear it. What's up? What do you got? So, like I said, I uh, went through this whole game without killing Soul. I got that uh, trophy for the first playthrough. Ended up getting the Platinum. I got a whole separate screen that I won't go through uh, for the Platinum playthrough. But my main playthrough, I uh, played on normal. I It took me 17 hours, 35 minutes, and 38 seconds. Uh, I saved 42 times. 
Um, I continued four times, entered the alert phase 40 times, killed zero people. I was seriously injured 48 times. I used... My total damage was 10 life bars. Uh, I used five life medicines. Uh, I captured 28 kinds of plants and animals, and I ate 49 meals, and I didn't use any special items. My title. My title. Pigeon. Oh, what? That's sick. Pigeon. No, it's not. I'm not a pigeon, That's dope. Jack, I'm sorry. Jack, I'm sorry. You, well, you, you know what, Jack? For you, bro, I would I would switch code names if we could. That's fine. Um, yeah. You know what? I'll keep Pigeon because I'm thinking of the Pigeon Man from uh, the second best Nickelodeon show, Hey Arnold. So mm. <laughs> I will imagine the Pigeon Man just yes. floating off into the sunset. Uh, my second title was Carotan, which were the little green frog things that you can find in. Uh, that's cool. that's good. Yeah, but I'm gonna go with Pigeon because that that I'm not counting the planet. Well, uh, welcome to the panel, Pigeon. Um, Omar, let's hear what you got. Sure. Uh, difficulty, very easy. Playtime, 12 hours, 37 minutes, and 15 seconds. I saved 22 times, continued 10 times, alert phase, 33 times, humans killed, 57, seriously injured, 55, total damage, 19 life bars, uh, life medicine used, 4 times, Plant and animal captured, 10 kinds, uh, meals eaten, 25 meals, special item, easy gun, and uh, I'm the jaguar again. I think I said that earlier, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a jag. Yes. Do Kevin. I make you horny, baby? I'm sorry. <laughs> I came out of nowhere. Kevin, what's up? Let's hear it. All right. Uh, very easy difficulty. Uh, 10 hours, 5 minutes, and 10 seconds for the playtime. I saved 12 times. I continued four times. Alert phase was nine times. I killed 54 people. I seriously injured 27 of them. Uh, I have 10 life bars for my total damage. Uh, life medicine was five times. Plants and animals capture was four kinds. Definitely wasn't doing any of that. Uh, I ate eight meals. Eight meals that I ate. That's a hard word to say deal uh my special item was the uh easy gun and my title is scorpion Ooh. and i do want to know who who whose signature is that that's kojima's right on the is it really uh, pretty sure that's really cool is this like 1969 on it though is it it uh, looks like an h yeah it looks oh, i guess like it would h. be hideo kojima yeah yeah uh, i'm pretty sure that's his weird hideo h kojima. yeah that makes sense. The yeah. second part of that looks like Kevin. H. Kevin. <laughs> it does look like Kevin. Right. It does. No yeah, name enter in this one. Um, Damn. Kevin, I was pretty close to you, actually. Uh, I played on easy. I was 11 hours, 10 minutes, and 3 seconds. I saved 11 times, continued 3. I went into alert mode 23 times. I killed 51 people. I seriously injured 20 of them. Uh, total damage was 7. The animals was 9. Meals twenty five. My code name was Scorpion. I nice. did not write down the special item. I forgot what I got, but yeah, we got we got we still got twins. The twin Scorpions now. Heck yeah, heck yeah. Let's go. Feels good. Yellow to see it. Yellow you guys, wait, it. Christian, you're a Scorpion too. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, I'm <laughs> as well. Uh, <laughs> don't worry. The twin pigeons. Yeah, well, we're flocking together. Um. <laughs> 
Stupid. <laughs> Walking together. Uh, oh my that God. sounded way worse than I thought it would. Well, uh, that is Snake Eater. There is... We can only go up, you would assume. <laughs> uh, next week, or the next episode you see of this, will be the beginning of Metal Gear Solid 4 Guns of the Patriots. We are playing all of Act 1. Uh, each episode for that game is just going to be broken up into acts uh, because they they were very considerate. They, Kojima, again, reading the future, he was like, oh, I know they're going to be doing the long play club. I'll just make it straight and simple for him. I'll just break it up easy for him. Um, so yes, uh, next up is Metal Gear Solid 4. Expect that in the sub boxes soon. But um, yeah, anything we want to do for the wrap-ups? We got our plugs we want to do. We got final thoughts on three. If you want to give it a score, feel free to give it a score. And then I guess um, looking ahead to four, I'd like Kevin to go last so he can give any other wild predictions about four just because he's the pure one. But uh, Jack... Let's hear everything. Let's hear the roundup. Sure. Um, so final thoughts about Metal Gear Solid 3. Uh, overall, I think it is a good game, but in comparison to Metal Gear Solid and Metal Gear Solid 2, um, I think this game has a lot of issues, like we talked about in terms of characterization, just not all being there. The story being very bland and not really going anywhere um, beyond just being a parody of James Bond and things like that and Cold War stuff. Um I think by the end we get interesting characterization with the boss and kind of with big boss, but I think there's a lot of room to grow, like I said. Um, in terms of going forward to Metal Gear Solid 4, um, 4 and 2 historically were always amongst my favorite. Um, now the slate has been wiped clean now because if we're going through this again and that could change, but I remember thinking very highly of those two games. So uh, I'm like I said, I think before recording, Omar was nervous about replaying 2. I'm very nervous about replaying 4 because I think um, it has the potential to not hold up as, as much as it once did for me. But um, I know I will like some things going into that game, so I'm I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that. And uh, honestly, I might play that immediately after this recording because uh, I'm quite st stoked about that. Um, but otherwise, you can find me on social media at Fascinated Jack. Christian and I have a Marvel's Avengers slash MCU podcast called Excelsior, which you can find on JoyClicks or on podcast services around the world. Very nice. Uh, Omar, let's hear it. Yeah, uh, I think Metal Gear Solid 3 was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I froze, uh, sorry. Uh, uh, I am the last time I played Metal Gear Solid 4 I had finished 5th grade it was <laughs> Jesus Christ damn yeah, uh, it is nuts uh, I, I am also a bit scared to replay it because in a lot of ways that was my first Metal Gear game I sat down and played and in a lot of ways I feel like that was like the first like video game I really made sure to finish and like uh i remember in a lot of ways i feel like that kind of maybe someone who got really interested in like films and games for the rest of my life so uh, i'm curious i'm curious uh, and scared but mostly curious and, and excited uh anyways 
plugs, I'm on twitch.tv slash ohmsachef. Uh, it's like a sleepover every time. Come through. Please. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, very, very nice. Um, Snake Eater, I will be surprised if anything ahead of us ends up ranking beneath it. That's not to say it's a bad game, but um, I think that it had every opportunity to do something interesting. Even the fact that it is being so simple, I think there was every opportunity for them to be like, it's simple for a reason. The only reason is that people didn't like to. And that's kind of BS, I think. And uh, the mechanics don't save it enough. I think the ending really pulls it all together, wrangles it up in a way that still makes it a solid entry in the series, I think. Uh, By no means my favorite. uh, Actually, my least favorite. But... um, Four, I'm stoked to play because I never played four. I watched a 13 hour <laughs> recut of four uh, the week I played five. So I've never played four. I'm very excited to see how it plays, how it controls. Um, ex- just my memories of that viewing, uh, I'm excited to experience it firsthand. Um, in terms of other stuff, though, uh, Twitter, Twitch, and TikTok, Chun2D2. Um, this show right here you can catch on youtube.com slash joyclicks along with all our other stuff like Jack said and um, audio services as well if you enjoy the show of course uh, five stars helps us out and if you hate that we hate Metal Gear Solid 3 uh, if you're not going to give us five don't go lower than four but um, (laughs) yeah Kevin let's hear what you're going to say what are your thoughts on three looking to four plugs let's hear it um yeah, three, you know, was uh it was Metal Gear Solid three, Snake Eater. You know, like uh I think the first half of that game is not that interesting. Um and it ends up being generally okay, but I still like am not really head over heroes over MGS three and that's pretty much all I have to say. like I really don't have any in depth thought and like I just did not like MGS3 that much, you know, to be honest. Like, like, there was some cool stuff. Again, the ladder scene, I would be really shocked if there's a scene that tops that moment in the entire Metal Gear Solid franchise. Like, just the way they they did that little ladder scene was perfect. It is kind of wild that a lot of stuff happened in MGS3. And the best takeaway I have is that ladder scene. <laughs> like, 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 that's like kind of like, oh, man. Uh, that that tells you but uh but you know that was cool like you know the uh the snake and boss uh fight was i think pretty memorable and all that so it's not all bad but generally speaking like there's the lows are really low in metal gear solid 3 uh that i think kind of weighs it down overall in spite of some good stuff in there as a whole but looking at mgs4 i'm scared for two reasons one i have heard of a super long cutscenes in in uh, MGS4, and you know that, oof, like eh, I'm not not particularly looking forward to that really at all. You know, like they gotta be really entertaining shit and like really good. Like, and, and I don't know if uh, 
maybe it's unfair for me to say I don't know if it's going to be entertaining. You know, who knows, really? But, like, I think bleeding into that, a big secondary concern I have after beating MGS3 is that, like, people liked MGS3 at the time from what you guys have told me, right? So if they're susceptible to, like, having and taking into account reactionary elements in their next Metal Gear Solid game. Like if this if if looking at MGS2 in this reception and then what we got out of MGS3, right? If that's indicative of what happens with MGS4, I'm 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 a little bit scared if they continue an MGS3 type of vibe and trend. You know what I'm saying? Like if if MGS3 is what made the people happy, which I don't know how. But if it is, then, you know, I just am afraid that the rest of what we have to move forward is, oh, okay, cool, like, the fans like this, let's just keep doing this, and not do, you know, interesting stuff like MGS2, right? And not have, like, super thought-provoking stuff in Metal Gear games moving forward. So I'm a little concerned about that. Um, But I am excited to see how this game progressed like the jump from ps1 to ps2 was insane i doubt it'll be a huge jump from ps2 to ps3 but maybe it is i don't know maybe um but uh i'm excited to see the game from a visual perspective and like gameplay wise for sure uh what we'll be doing in that i mean there's an eye patch wait is that the opposite eye could be fan art you might have just oh, okay. not official. Okay, okay, Maybe. right. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, yeah, I... Uh, yeah, I, I, I almost hate when I have to make my predictions now for what's next, because I just... I don't know. Like, <laughs> like, they've never really kind of followed a straightforward line um as of yet you know and maybe this one does like 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 maybe mgs4 picks up right after mgs3 i don't know and like it's him being big boss and dealing with that and what that means and like you know uh and him living with the truth of what happens to big boss right or the Yee boss and all that, right? Like, I'd be curious to see if there's something of like, hey, uh, he's still gonna see sorrow and the boss in certain things in like MGS4. Like, I wonder if that's still there. Um, like Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, like something like that. Like, also, I wonder where's my boy Otacon? It's a full game without Otacon. It's my least favorite MGS. Maybe that's indicative of things. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, Kevin, but can yeah. I ask you two questions? Uh, yes, please. So I want to know your final guess on who you're playing as in Metal Gear Solid 4, and I want to know who you would really like to play as in Metal Gear Solid 4, if you had to pick. Oh, if I had to really? Uh, yeah, who? Wh- if you had, if there's a sequel to Metal Gear, who do you want to play as? Right now, as of right now. Yeah, sorry. Hmm. Throw me into the deep end. Just just like, let, uh, let me play as Otacon. Fuck. <laughs> let me just do something wild. Like, like... Like, fuck it. It's a surveillance maybe, camera game. It's Five Nights at Freddy's. Hell some yeah. Shit. yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me. Maybe it's the like Peter Parker like lab experience where I'm like doing the lines and shit like that, like mashing them up. You know, something, something like that. Um, You're doing lines, but... all right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. 
but uh, but uh, I think um, kind of realistically, I think I'm gonna probably be just big boss and just dealing with this similar era. Maybe we're going to the '80s. You know, I don't know. Um, uh, like post post Cold War era. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it'd be interesting, but. Maybe they do some weird stuff about like the birth of internet, or or like some meta thing about like, oh, this inception of like video games. Oh, like the the something like that. I don't know, but yeah, I think Big Boss is probably my guess. But I would love to see Otacon just 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 give me something weird. Mm-hmm. I miss the homie. I miss the homie. Fair enough. You know. Well, but yeah. Oh, uh, you, right. Use that conference as place in source. Uh, Road to Rift Apart, that's going great first episode. Uh, Safe Slot Podcast, Final Fantasy Seven videos were up this week. Uh, and yeah, Twitter at PSOR's vids, all that good stuff. Uh, we're starting Resistance 2 at some point, probably, probably the day after you watch this, probably on Tuesday. Uh, we're starting some Resistance 2, very excited for that. And yeah, also forgot to mention this entire episode. I like the shirt, Jack. I like the Firefly shirt. I like it. Thank you. Nice. Well, uh, we have Metal Gear Solid 4 awaiting. Um, as we're signing off, is anybody's favorite moment in the entire series in this game? Yes or no? Very quickly. Yes or no? No. No. No, but maybe. It really happened. Maybe. <laughs> I'd, have to think, I'd have to think about that, but possibly. But There's one yeah. thing I'm, I'm thinking, but yeah. Uh, well, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, of course, we'll be back, and if you want to follow along, you can follow along in the individual playlists on youtube.com slash joyclicks, and if you want to support, patreon.com slash joyclicks, $5 tier to producer credit like Chris Sackis and Aaron Easton, so thank you all. But, um, to sign off this week, thank God, you know? <laughs> Feels good. Feels great. I think, I think we should sign off with uh, one uh, snake eater in unison, Okay. if you don't mind. Go for, that's uh, a perfect idea. But. All right, all right. Uh, the whole song. No. <laughs> <laughs> Omar, would you like to sing all the whole song? Would you like to sing uh, the whole song? Maybe, maybe at the end of this whole thing, maybe we can do that. Okay. Uh, but here we go. Uh, three, two, one. Snake. Snake. Snake.